Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today and joined as always by the ever sick, the ever <laughs> having come down with the flu or whatever that <laughs> sort of thing he has, uh, Mr. Jason uh, seemingly getting a little better, uh, Johnston Yellen. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased that the last week saw us do more podcast activity in seven days than we have all year long. <laughs> like, it has been an insanely busy seven days and I have not had the the vocal cords or the noise or the really the brain power mm. to, to really succeed here. But we have plowed through in the greatest traditions. Yeah, the, the latter bit of that list is was the most noticeable just the lack of brain power uh during the i don't know if you're being facetious interviews. or not but it, it's a hundred percent right <laughs> i really is that true I, I do you feel that you, way i texted you one of the days and i was like my brain is like jello like which hashtag humble brag it's not normally like jello um <laughs> but yeah like keeping keeping two disparate thoughts in my head at the same time. I became very singular in my focus. Uh Um, Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. Oh, see, when you were talking about your brain being like jello, I thought you were trying to (laughs) entice me like they did on Temple of Doom with the the chilled (laughs) monkey brains. I thought that that was... I thought you were going that direction. Did you think that? I did. I did think, you can't make a reference to brains and not thinking about Temple of Doom. It's, <laughs> it's iconic. So, have you seen the new trailer for the new... Listen. Yeah. Listen. Go ahead. Listen. Yeah. You sent it to me in one of my weakest moments. And, oh, right. And I saw that it was delivered and I, I didn't... And over the weekend, I thought, oh, Joshua sent that to me. I need yeah. to be watching that. Yeah. And I still haven't watched it. What? So, I haven't, haven't seen it yet. But I, but I will. You'll, here's, here's the thing. We had this conversation when, when you and Haida were down for Thanksgiving and we were mm. talking about a book that Tamara got me. You only get to watch that trailer for the first time one time. Mm. You only get to, you know, crack that book for the first time mm-hmm. one time, right? And I just wanted to be right for it. Do you remember remember the Star Wars trailer? Yeah. When, and this does contain spoiler alerts. When Harrison Ford says to Chewie, I like how I use the actor's name for one of them and the character's name for the other. Well, because well, um, one of them... Han Solo, yeah. <laughs> Han Solo says to Chewbacca, Chewie, we're home. Mm. Do you remember that trailer that oh, had yeah. that moment in oh, it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I think most people of a certain age got a wee bit verklempt. You only get to experience that one time. Mm-hmm. And if I tuned into that trailer not feeling great, mm. I would have wasted that first moment. So that is exactly where I am with the new Indiana Jones trailer. I'm waiting until I'm right to see it for the first time. What a unique way to say you totally dropped the ball and forgot to watch the fucking trailer. No, that, that, <laughs> see, that's the problem, though. I, I wish I had simply forgotten. I wish it was out of my head. I wish I didn't think about it once an hour for, you know, five days. Yeah, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Hey, uh, I don't know if it, we will get to, to whiskey talk and, and we'll get Did you see it? the trailer. Yeah. Did I see it? Did I see it at least four times? 
So this is what is that, I did. Is that a good trailer? This this is. Uh, I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts in case there's some crazy people like you who who receive said trailer and choose not to watch it. Um, Don't make me cough. Don't make me start coughing. <laughs> uh, <sighs> but I've I've watched it uh, both on a television. Ooh. Twice. Twice. Ooh. Okay, granddad. On, on a computer screen once. Oh, okay, granddad. <laughs> And then on my iPhone, once as well. Hey, welcome, young person. Because I, I always I want to see if there's you know little hidden things in there. And uh, I'm not a very smart man, so I don't think I've caught any hidden things. <laughs> but maybe I've got to go to my 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 larger television screen to to really view it. You remember the laser disc machines? Oh yeah. They're- like they came with their own screen and it was like the the origin of the big screen for home entertainment. That, and they were maybe curved. That is how I first watched and started to appreciate Michael Jackson's thriller mm. on a laser disc machine. Yep. Just showed that to the boys. I think it was probably actually Zevi. Um just round about Halloween time. All right. Maybe just a wee hair after Halloween time. And obviously you and I and many, many of our listeners remember that thriller video, the the, the original, the uncut. Oh, yeah. And, and there's a portion where he's sitting there through the first few minutes and he's just looking at us like, when does the music start? Right, I'm here for the... This is a music video. I'm here for the music. And I was like, oh, no. No, yeah, this yeah, is something... Yeah. Very different, yeah. And then, and then once once we kind of finished it, and he was kind of like, yeah, it was all right. Like he loved the music, absolutely loved the yeah. music. Oh yeah, yeah. The whole experience yeah. he could have done without. And so he said, "Oh, then you have to see Bad." And so we showed him the music <laughs> video for Bad, which takes really poor theatrics to a whole new level. Oh, does it? And I don't it just remember. goes on and on and the thing he liked about the much more extended bad video mm-hmm. is that he had seen Weird Al Yankovic Vic. Yankovic? Weird Al Vic? Yankovic Vic. I haven't seen the biography I, I don't yet know how to pronounce his name <laughs> and <laughs> and he had seen the video for Fat by Weird Al so he and saw that so first yeah, and so he was able to kind of piece together yeah. what he'd seen from Weird Al yeah. onto what he was now seeing in the original bad, yeah. Michael Jackson, and he got a chuckle out of that. And so he wasn't just sitting there bored out his brains at all yeah. the back and forth. Um, and again, he liked the song, liked the music, liked the dancing. Um, but yeah, it was the Weird Al connection that really made the video for him. When that Weird Al video came out, I, I was... Somewhere in high school, I, I don't know if it was sophomore, junior, fr- I, I don't remember the year. I just remember how big that was. Like coming... Com- Pun intended? <laughs> Pun not intended. That was okay. great. Uh, okay. but, but coming into school the day after the video had premiered and... Oh, was it sophomore year? Whatever year it was, I was going into my science fiction writing class. I was taking a science fiction oh. course, yeah. Fun. And uh, 
And the class simply couldn't get started because we were all talking about Weird Al Yankovic fat and like, you ain't fat, man. You ain't nothing. Oh, oh, Jason. So I just good. think none of you had seen that on your phones. None of you had seen that on your computers. You had all only seen it on your televisions. I saw it on my 24-inch Zenith television. <laughs> <laughs> it probably weighed 700 pounds. Wow. 24 inches. You Americans, you've always had your large TVs. 24 <laughs> inches. Good grief. We could only dream of 24 inches in Scotland. Speaking of inches. Yes, sir. Something happened last night. <laughs> <laughs> Go easy, Jason. I'm just looking at my watch. I'm not doing anything. Something happened last night that hasn't happened for a year. At least. <laughs> what do you think that is? <laughs> you finished a book. No. <laughs> Come on, don't be silly. Don't be daft. No, it uh, it snowed last night. Hey, yeah. it hadn't snowed for a year? About a year. Maybe it, maybe it snowed in January or February. I don't know. I'm just saying it's it's been a year since it's been winter. And last night we had our first... <laughs> Snow. Spoiler alert, it's not winter. Go easy. <laughs> it's, it's not winter. <laughs> it's been a while and it was so beautiful to see. I'm so excited. I just look outside and that song, something, something, winter wonderland. Something, 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 something. So, so you don't remember how long ago it snowed. Mm -hmm. You... Incorrectly state that it's winter And then you sing a song that you don't know the lyrics for This, this is primo podcasting Primo something, something, something. I said no man <laughs> And I'm the asshole for not watching the trailer for Indiana Jones <laughs> See now you've got me excited again I'm going to start coughing But how many inches since that, that was that was your transition? How many inches? Uh, we got about an inch and a half, two inches on the grass. And then it, it took a while, but it started sticking to pavement as well. But I would say maybe a half an inch, quarter to half an inch on the pavement. So um, not what our, our brothers and sisters and cousins are, are getting in... Uh, California right now or yeah, Colorado they're, right they're now. Getting they getting walloped. Were, yeah. Gosh, there were some places that were getting an inch of snow an hour yeah. for 48 hours. By my math, that's 48 oh inches. <laughs> See that? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of snow out there. We're meant to be getting it uh, later this week. Mm. And you know us in Virginia. If it threatens snow... We will school. shut down. Yeah. It will all be over. Stores will close. Schools will close. Buses will stop running. It'll it'll just be over. You guys just don't know what to do. None at all. Yeah. And for us in the town of Bridgewater, we've got we've got a snowplow. We might even have two. Sorry, I'm bragging again. <laughs> and they run constantly, mm -hmm. but they stop right at the end of the town line. And so our town, uh, clear, 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 clear. None of our schools are inside the town line. Do the Mennonites take advantage of that? Or do they help at all? 
No, they're they're out in their horse and buggies in the yeah. in the snow. Their horse is going through easy enough. Yeah, they don't put a plow on the front. I'll be honest. <laughs> they don't just put a plow like in the horse's mouths to. They don't. <laughs> they don't just hang it from its chest. Anyway. Yeah, they're like yay or nay. Can I do this? They said nay. Oh, oh both horses that said, said nay. With that said. Both horses. How many nights do you know that are being led by two horses? Do they not have two? Oh my lord! Oh my lord! <laughs> oh my gosh! You're you're hanging out with a different <coughs> breed of Mennonite, my friend. Two horse buggy. Gosh. All right. Oof. Oof. Listen, I, I I want us I want us to get down to brass tacks for a moment here, yeah. unless you wanted to go down more tangential Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Mennonite and paths. I'm just shocked you think Mennonites have two horses. Why wouldn't they have two horses? They don't have cars. What are they going to do? All that money you'd spend on a car, just get a second horse. Do you know what's really shocking in this world? And I only found this out somewhat recently. Mm -hmm. Do you know that, you know, we measure the output of cars and horsepower? Yeah. You know that one horsepower car is not equal to one horsepower horse? Explain. And that's all I've got. It was just my my world fell apart when it's not a one to one ratio. So if someone's got a car that's two hundred and fifty horsepower, it's not like it's being led by two hundred and fifty horses. Huh. Right? Is, is it, okay, but the interesting thing is, in this, and this goes to show that you have been sick. That you didn't ask any questions as to well <laughs> why or what are the differences or fucking Do you know anything. what I couldn't even tell you where I heard it I couldn't even tell you the source of it I think it was in your dreams I was probably lying in bed feeling sorry for myself and I heard it or I read it and it it really shook my world and then I just moved on with the rest of my life see I had wondered if the horsepower is different from car to car you know, if you have like a little, a Fiat or something, mm. like, do you measure that in Shetland pony power? <laughs> if you have a Ford F-150, is that a, what are those ones that with the hairy feet, Clydesdales? <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to wheeze in today's episode. I wheezed over the weekend and the Kai looked at me and he was just like, well, that was an old man wheeze. <laughs> so, yes, yes, son, I am an old man wheezing in the kitchen. <sighs> anyway, no, it was good. Shetland ponies, I like that. That's good. All right. Thank you. Why All are right. we here, Joshua? What, what, what are we here? What's the, what are these brass tacks that yeah. you want us to get down to? What I'm excited about, Jason, what the brass tacks are. What the brass tax? That's that's not a way to construct a sentence. The, what I'm excited about, Jason, is the fact that this is this episode highlights our very own Jess, bringing another conversation to the podcast, and this time it's nice. with Mariella Romano, and she's a global brand ambassador for Isla Varen Distillery. Okay, and. It was a damn. Oh, is it, is it yeah. Isle of Iron Distillers? Hmm. Is it Iron Isle of Iron Distillers? Because now they've got Lochranza uh, in the north and Lag in the south. That's right. That's right. And they refer to uh, the they refer to Aaron, the what we would just call the Aaron Distillery as Lochranza. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you correcting me. It's Isle of Aaron Distillers. Oh, my pleasure, sir. <laughs> my pleasure. And so what we'll hear is we'll hear Jess and Mariella talking a bit about the Lachranza Distillery, what what we've always called the, the Aaron Distillery. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. talk a bit about lag and... If I'm being honest, it was one of the more enjoyable conversations to listen to because they're popping in and out of some of the geekiest whiskey conversations and then talking a bit about baking and how to pair your whiskeys with with cheese or with panettone or or what have you. And then you get to hear Mariella properly pronounce... Uh, Italian wine casks, which I, ah, yes, that's, that's fun. Yeah, that's, yeah, especially given how poorly you and I have been pronouncing <laughs> these casks and, and obviously <laughs> Jess as well. <laughs> wow, you're just, <laughs> everybody you're driving that bus forward, you're backing it up, you're driving it forward again. Everybody's guilty. Every non Italian. Every non Italian. She's got it going on. <laughs> She's the bee's knees. She she was absolutely fantastic and a joy to listen to. The conversation was great. Unless you have anything to add, I figured we just hand it over to I'm Jess. I'm eager to listen. All right, here we go. Over to Jess and Mariella Romano. Today, we are coming sort of live-ish, face-to-face. Uh, we are in Glasgow, and I am joined today by the very lovely Mariella. Mariella, say hello. Hello. See, easy <laughs> enough. Um, and we are um, recording face to face, which I'm finding particularly weird. I mean, can I just say, like, yeah, I mean, it is a bit weird because we normally talk face to face, but we just never talk face to face while holding a microphone in front of our faces. So. Yeah, that's unusual. That's a bit intense, isn't it? (laughs) Um, So we are um, here for a bit of a chat. Um, I should probably introduce you to maybe our listeners who have not yet had the pleasure of coming across you. Um, We are recording from a venue. (laughs) venue in Glasgow with some real background noise. So um, if you hear that, please excuse us. Um, So Mariella, um, would you like to tell us who you work for and what your designated title is? Absolutely. So... First of all, lovely to meet you all, even if we are not really meeting, but like, thank you for tuning in and listening to this. And <laughs> my name is Mariella, and I work for Isle of Iron Distillers as a global brand, I fact, as a global, a global brand ambassador and brand manager, which essentially means I um, travel the world and tell people about the beautiful whiskies that we produce on the Isle of Iron. And that brand manager title really just means that I do a little bit of marketing stuff on the side. Uh, COVID, really. I mean, during lockdown, I wasn't traveling much as you can imagine yeah, i was yes. traveling uh, similar feeling <laughs> yeah traveling on zoom virtually to a lot of places that i wanted to visit in person uh but so i just helped out the marketing team a little bit but as you know with any other small or like any other independent whiskey company you might 
have heard this from other like employees. We just kind of do a little bit of everything. You know, your role stretches in a lot of different um, directions, which I actually enjoy. So I don't just travel the world and, mm-hmm. and do tastings and shows. I do a lot of other silly things on the side. Yeah, so we've fun. done. We can get into all of these things. I yeah. don't know if you've heard of us at One Nation Under Whiskey, but we also on the side bottle whiskeys occasionally. So <laughs> another no feeling of it being a, a bit of everything in house. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking maybe we could start um, down this path of introducing you. Um, obviously, there's, um, there's a really obvious and lazy intro we could do here because I can tell, like me, you are not a native Glaswegian and yet here we are both living <laughs> in Glasgow. But maybe we should start with the whiskey and you could tell me um, quickly, not quickly, briefly, maybe how you ended up at Aaron because I know you've done lots of different corners of the whiskey mm-hmm. industry. Yeah, no, briefly is the right word to use because... <laughs> I don't know if you can tell from my name or from my accent, but I am Italian and yes, I could talk for hours. So briefly, briefly and slowly. Is that what we said? Yeah, you're on the right podcast. We've got like seven or eight hours to fill. You're just lucky at home. You can see my hand gestures right now. Also, well done. Well played, Jess, for giving me a microphone because one, I have, you know, one hand down so I can only move the other hand around. So... One day we'll invent a podcasting feature that like like subtitles, you can also do gesturing. Yeah, <laughs> speak with gestures. Uh, but no, yeah, I'll keep it brief. Uh, so um, I moved to the UK uh, almost 10 years ago now, actually. Wow. And um, I just come from a very tiny little town in southern Italy, an hour away from Napoli. Maybe some of you are familiar with Sorrento, the Amalfi Coast, a beautiful postcard-looking place. Very pretty. You know, absolutely stunning. But I come from like a little bit outside of that, so very quiet little town. And I was very bored, and I wanted a bit more, <laughs> you know, from life. So I thought, why don't I just move to like a, a town that is a little bit bigger? So I moved to London because... You know, why not? You're in your 20s. So for the (laughs) listeners, they may never have heard of London. It's a (laughs) slightly bigger town in uh, the south of England, which is south of Glasgow. (laughs) In the UK. In in the UK, as it's known. (laughs) Um, Anyway, jokes aside, I moved to London. uh, Just like many other immigrants, I started working in a bar, (laughs) in a hotel bar. And I tried whiskey for the first time. My Brazilian manager at the time said why don't you try one of those and I tried a Lagavulin like, 16 good good strong starting point which stole my heart and my brain and like everything else so I quickly became obsessed and I thought this is the best thing I've ever tried in my life I want to know everything about everything so I started reading blogs and books and then I started looking for jobs really just sending an email out I remember this it was like December 2013 I sent an email out, I put a list of all these uh, locations around London of whiskey shops, whiskey bars, anything that had to do with whiskey. And I just sent the same email to everybody saying, hi, I'm Mariella, I'm ignorant, but I'm keen to learn. Give me a job. I want to work in whiskey. And I was very lucky. I got offered a part-time job at the Whiskey Exchange in Venopolis at the time. Oh, nice. uh, Which doesn't exist anymore now, but possibly the best team I've ever worked with. The guys are just the loveliest, literally my mentors, I've, I've learned everything from, from them. So I worked there for a while, then I worked for the Scotchman Whiskey Society, where we are right now, but not this one in Glasgow, the one yeah. down in London, and uh, also worked briefly for the Whiskey Lounge, helping their events. I went back to Elixir Distillers, worked as a brand ambassador, and then I was... I was like, this is, it's time. Scotland is calling. I need, to, I need to move up. I need to see what this Scottish life is all about. I also really was keen to work for, in, for a company, for a distillery, like you know, in itself. So I worked with Tatsuya at the Highlander Inn. 
uh, for a couple of months before moving to Glasgow. And now it's been almost four years that I worked for Alavarian Distillers and possibly the best job I've ever had. Like people are super, super lovely and the whiskey is delicious. And I am still adapting to the Scottish <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> but now that you're living in a small village of Glasgow, yeah. Yeah, a smaller village of Glasgow. I'm very impressed that we haven't lost you to the Isle of Arran, actually. I think I know. You spend, I know you spend a lot of time there, so sometimes I feel like you've got, I don't know, one foot either side of the water, yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that that's actually the, the, that's actually the way, because I, yes, I live in Glasgow, yes, I travel around the world, but rest assured, I do try to go to Ireland at least, like, you know, two, three times a month. This this time of the year is a little bit difficult because yeah. lots of festivals, bad weather. <laughs> weather fairies. in Scotland? What? I know, bad weather and fairies. Oof, not the best combo. But I try to go to Ireland and I go on holiday at least like two times a year, either with my family or with my boyfriend, just because it's a stunning little island. It's just mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful. And it's got everything. It's got mountains, it's got seals, it's got deer, squirrels, eagles, Burns, waterfalls, coastline, whatever you want. Amazing like restaurants, amazing bars. It's just a little dream of an island. For those of you listening, uh, she's not actually being paid by the Aaron Tourism <laughs> Board on commission, or maybe you are. Um, no, but I, uh, I know for real, what you just said there has made a lot of our listeners very jealous. Uh, first of all, because you said you're going on at least two holidays a year, so that's nice. Um, but also, <laughs> you've really done a lovely job of selling there, um, Aaron, and what uh, an incredible place it is to have a, a form of employment. I think it's my responsibility to sell Aaron, the island, as well as... Aaron, like you know, like the single model whiskies and yeah. lag now as well, just because you need to come see us, guys. It's not too far away. If you're in Glasgow, all and all you need is 24 hours, really. Just give or take some us. ferries and yeah. some weather. Yeah, <laughs> we don't talk about that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it's very easy to get to Aaron if the yeah. weather is nice. If you've made it as far <laughs> as the small village of Glasgow, I'm sure you can manage Aaron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to admit, at the point of this going on wax, as we say in the industry. I still have never made it to Aaron, dun, but that's, dun, dun. that's because of uh, something that happened in the last two years that made all of us live in our houses, because you and I were planning um, a little group for our um, my whiskey club here in Glasgow for us to do a little tour and um, a little visit to the distilleries, um, and then for some reason we all lived in our houses for two years, so I've still not been, that's, that's a personal sore point that I'm looking to rectify, probably not this winter, uh, but yeah, definitely very soon. Next year, it will happen. I, I would love to take you Around. I mean, we've been we talked about it like so uh, much. But I would love, yeah, we'll love to next year. Regular listeners of the podcast will know that I share a birthday with Aaron or Locranza Distillery. So um, I feel like I have a, a personal connection, even even without setting foot on the island. So that's really exciting to me. So yeah, we should definitely not postpone this tour anymore. Just wait for that episode. Wait for the episode that is going to be recorded on the island. Yes, as you and I walk around pointing at things, it's a really great uh, visual episode for a podcast we'll do it as we drive around so that you can like feel our excitement when we start pointing at seals like well, that's, that's a tradition we have a section <laughs> uh, joshua drives people around at breakneck speed um i don't worry in I my head it's that. like the stick in top gear <laughs> i can totally do that yes I'm, you should I'm, I'm you should ask ollie tilton about the various incidents that have happened oh. as we have um or they have recorded so uh, you'll have to listen to the ollie episode to hear oh. more on that um, okay, so now we know who you are. That's very nice. And your connection, how we've ended up at Aaron. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe we should talk about the whiskey a little bit. Sure. Um, and also, because I know I want to talk about um, lag and the developments of Aaron. So mm -hmm. obviously, um, under your many ha 
hats that you wear in your job um, you get to see the life of both distilleries which yeah. I think is really cool um, is there something uh, of the Aran range do you have like a particular uh, favourite that seems not, like an easy way to go into not, this. no I no favourites they're okay. all my children and I love them equally okay that no, is I'm such a cop out answer <laughs> Which is your favorite? All of them. <laughs> Just tell us which is your favorite. Um, which is my favorite? I mean, okay, let's be honest. Iron, I don't know actually. I think with iron it's difficult because we are not maybe your usual 10 to 25 year old, mm -hmm. like, you know, whiskey range when you go, oh, the 10 is this, the 12 is that, the 14 is that, the 18 is that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think every single product that we put out has, uh, in my opinion, a story a color, a season, like a feeling. Yeah. We do a lot of different things. Some may say we bottle even too many whiskeys, but you know, like our Never. range <laughs> our range stretches quite a lot. So yeah. we have the wine cask finishes, the ten, the quarter cask, the sherry cask, the eighteen, twenty one, etc. The Mike Remores could go on forever. If I was on a desert island and I could drink one iron for mm -hmm. the rest of my life that will just keep me entertained, it will be and happy, it will be the quarter cask. Why? I love iron in bourbon cask. I think mm -hmm. bourbon cask and like iron spirit were just made for each other. It's just like yeah. it's burst of apples. Like it's a bit calva to see. So sweet, so beautiful. Like the vanilla, the orchard fruits. It just, the texture is absolutely stunning. I just love it. Like it's a little bit creamy, delicious. And then a cast strength, which is a win. And it's available all year round. So it's not like one of those that I cry, you know, like about it. It's like I can find it whenever I want to. It's quite high. It's 56.2%. So if I leave a bottle open, like, you know, to drink over months, it still retain that nice, you know, texture. That's nice. And freshness. Richness, yeah, and freshness. So, yeah. If I was... Um, if I was having a session and I just wanted, like, a, a session whiskey, like, you know, the 10-year-old just wins over... Everything I think that we bottle. It's just, the, I think, in my honest opinion, is the best whiskey we put out there. So. I do have to say that I think quite often when I'm recommending, I get asked a lot, you know, what do you recommend for mm. a, a friend who's maybe starting uh, to get into whiskey or who, um, you know, wants to know where do I think would be a good place to start a whiskey journey? I, like you, fell in love with mega PT, mm -hmm. in your face, <laughs> shouty whiskey. Um, but I appreciate that that's not everybody. So I regularly recommend Aaron 10 because I think it's a great place to start. It's got uh, plenty of bite because it, mm -hmm. it's bottled at 46. I love it's got a really great texture to it. Um, we often talk about being texture guys. Um, <laughs> I am not fully subscribed to the school of nose texture. Uh, mainly because I think if you say wow. that in Glasgow, you'd probably get sectioned. Uh, but the <laughs> <laughs> the idea of it having plenty to go on, you know, like when I look for a, a good whiskey to recommend or to drink, or like you say, if you're having a few drams in an evening, I want something that's, you know, like it's going to hold your attention, mm -hmm. but maybe you don't need to be really analytically thinking about what's in the glass. 100%. So having something like a, a 10, it's got lots of lovely juiciness to it without it being um, too thin. It doesn't mm -hmm. disappear from your palate really quickly. So it's a, a big yeah. favorite of mine. But that's the joy now is that we have two distilleries, right? Yeah. So now, like, I feel... Uh, like, you know, I, I couldn't be happier. We have, like, iron whiskeys, the whole range, so many different, like, you know, varieties, different casks, pitiness levels and everything. And now lag has just joined, you know, our portfolio in a way. So now I can talk about this beautiful non-pitted whiskey that is the iron 10 and also talk mm -hmm. about the beautiful, dirty West Coast, like, you know, style whiskey that is lag. So it's... 
you have seamlessly uh, segued into, I was going to oh, come so to clever. the difference. So clever. How did she do that? I thought you did it. It wasn't me. Uh, but I was going to discuss, because obviously, traditionally, you mentioned at the top there, um, Aaron had Macrimor and um, has done peated expressions. Mm -hmm. But now that we have lag to play with and drink and discover as whiskey drinkers, is there going to be a separation between the two distilleries? Are we going to see peated from both or a mixture? Yeah, so... <laughs> this is always like a bit of a, of a delicate uh, of a delicate question of a delicate answer but at Aran like in Locranza distillery for the Aran single malt range uh, we are still bottling Macrimor which would be the peated Aran single malt right. 20 ppm uh, very mild very gentle we never really wanted to compete with Isla it was like just an Aran with a little bit of like peat added to it so very different style okay from what we're yeah. doing at Lag. And we're still bottling it. We're still um, putting it out there in the world, but we are not distilling uh, peated spirit anymore. Okay, so, so we'll see um, an end to, I guess, the Macrimor line at some point when you've run through the peated Locranza yeah. spirit. So at this time, the company has not, like, you know, made a statement about what's officially going to happen to Macrimor, but I can tell you that it's not being produced at the moment. Okay. But don't... I also don't want people to panic all of a sudden because... Yes, yes, let's cause a panic spending. <laughs> rush to your local store and purchase. Go, now, go get them. <laughs> it's a good job this isn't being recorded for us to play back in future. Mariella said. Exactly, right? <laughs> so do not panic because we are still we are still bottling my cream ore yeah. and we will bottle it, you know, like for a, for a while, for a bit. So there's no panic there. Lag instead is now like officially the heavily peated you know, single malt coming right. out of the Isle of Iron. So like single malt from like distillery. And we're completely like, we're talking about a completely different style here. Sure. It's 50 PPM, the stuff that we're producing at the moment. And, you know, production is very different as well. Like, you know, faster distillation, you know, the barley, the, the, the everything is different. And um, it will come out as like single malt. Right. So the bottles, the labels, they don't look nothing like each other. There's a, literally two yeah, separate there's a, brands. There's a real separation. I think yeah, if we put yeah. um, Aaron and Lag bottles next to each other, you wouldn't be confused as to who uh -huh. was who. You've, there's a very clear difference. But I think that's really interesting talking about um, it will be more heavily peated than Macri Moore is um, because we just uh, covered... Um, on Extra Extra, we've had a couple of discussions about peating and barley um, and about um, how there's a, a, a school of thought that maybe um, for a whole load of reasons, logistics and things like mm -hmm. that, um, about maybe there was a shortage possibly coming of Isla peated malt. Right. Um, so obviously you guys are not affected by that because you source your barley Barley and peat and come from, yeah, from Highlands. So it will, like, you know, it comes from a completely yeah. different place. I think with lag, there is more a conversation about peat now. Especially like, you know, because like, you know, it's like, you know, our heavily peated product yeah. and, and barley varieties. So at the moment we're focusing on building stock for the future, of course, as of you course. do. And we're doing, we've been working with 50 PPM, um, you know, barley uh, with peat and barley coming from like, you know, essentially Aberdeenshire. But we're already trying to experiment a little bit on the side. So this year, for example, we've done a, a run for two weeks of local barley 
literally from across the field at our lag distillery with the farmer that we know. Nice. And we asked to peat that um, barley up to 90 ppm with peat from, like, you know, the highlands again, mm -hmm. but with local barley from the island. So I think this is just the start of lag trying to source peat and barley from different places and, you know, trying to do something more experimental in the future. That's really interesting, I think, because uh, to me, it seems like lag has got more of a focus on like the ingredients. So we're talking here about, mm -hmm. you know, a local barley changing the PPM levels, mm -hmm. which uh, I love hearing about. Whereas <laughs> I feel like Lacranza and historically the focus there has been on um, the maturation side. So like Aaron, as we've said, is famous for lots of different cask styles, mm -hmm. but maybe not so much variation on like barley. And I mean, obviously there's macrimor for peated, but predominantly unpeated production. I think it's something that go stuck with us as well because obviously for the listeners that don't know um, we're a relatively young company at the end of the day not as young as every single distillery that is like, <laughs> popping up in Scotland yeah, every young weekend. but not young like, you're like the teenagers yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> and I put ourselves in that too because we have a three-year-old distillery too so you know yeah. I'm not saying like you know there's something wrong actually it's something beautiful to see like you know the industry thrive yeah. so much I love it but Aaron is a very different story, you know, from the rest of the mm -hmm. the old guys, if I can say, <laughs> out there. You know, because we started in the 90s and I think those casks, you know, the finishing for us was a way to take up a very young spirit, put in like a very nice, interesting cask and yep. putting, you know, our name out there, but also differentiating our spirit mm -hmm. and, you know, differentiating our products for customers out there. And I think the wine cask finishes or the cask, you know, sort of like, you know, theme yeah. got stuck, you know, with us as well. I might be wrong. I don't know if my colleagues and my boss agree with this. but <laughs> It's okay. We're, but, we're CCing them in yeah. on all of this recording. <laughs> and this is how I lose my job. Thank you very much, guys. It's been, it's been a lovely run. Thank you. Um, I think I much prefer to talk about our um, spirit now and focus on the 10 yeah. much more now than before. Even when I started four years ago, a lot of people were talking to me about the Marsala, the Cotroti, the Madeira, mm -hmm. the Amarone, the Port, the Sauterne. And I'm like, yeah, those are all wonderful. But have you tried our 10? <laughs> um, I think I, they were just asking you because there's a lot of um, Italian wine casks in there and I you're know. the only person who can pronounce them. <laughs> First time we saw like a <laughs> Sasakaya cask, I was like, a what? A what? Uh, what? Uh, so I, yeah, that, it's, uh, it's a flattery. I, I think as well, when Aaron and Lacranza were formed in the 90s, the industry was a very different place to mm -hmm. what it is today. It was a much... Uh, softer focus I think you know like now there's such pressure on a new distillery like when we come to lag in a minute like look how young we're putting things out and mm -hmm. I think consumers know a lot more and they have a lot more questions whereas I feel like in the 90s it was uh, almost a kind of novel approach you can see it as well a bit when Brooklady started you know like we'll throw lots of things and see what sticks not so much a focus on having the ability to plan for the future. Mm -hmm. I've been at a distillery recently where we talked about production and, you know, like what was going to come next and that sort of thing. And they said, you know, we're laying down our plans. We know at the moment what we think our release is going to look like at 25 mm -hmm. and 30 years old, you know, and they've only just got legal whiskey, you know, that, so they're really planning ahead. I am sure conversations like that weren't happening on Aaron in the 90s. I think it was like, oh, we've just got some new exciting casks. I think we feel, I feel so seen. I feel <laughs> stuffed to the heart. But I don't, think uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's very interesting to see the progression of the industry. You know, like now we are on a podcast recording, mm -hmm. talking about some quite 
uh, in-depth whiskey facts. Uh-huh. You know, even 10, 12, 13 years ago when I was working in retail, people weren't necessarily coming and asking me questions like, oh, what's the latest STR release that you have? Yeah. Like, what's the yeast in this release? You know, like, and now that's... I'm not saying everybody's coming and asking that question, but there are definitely, when I'm pouring at whiskey festivals, people are asking things like that. Like, oh, um, what type of uh, casks have we used here? So I think it's an evolution of education. So I feel like Aaron have had a, can we call them wild years? Maybe like the wild years where lessons were learnt and then you've kind of regrouped yourselves. Because I think Aaron, and I'm not just saying it because we're talking, I think it's a really slick operation. You know, like there's a lovely uniformity to what the range is doing. It's very recognisable. You've now got really, I love this packaging. This is so... (laughs) Thank you. Not that it's about packaging, (laughs) but I think, you know, this is really... Um, really slick so it it helps people come to you so they have a more formed idea rather than being like I had a cask and it was oh was it one of the Italian ones and then you're like (laughs) I'm Italian so I wouldn't dare to be like it was a Amarone cask you know like uh, (laughs) I I think maybe that helps when people are asking Amarone cask Amarone cask Amarone cask is that what you mean I'm, 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 I'm joking. Um, the the Montepulciano cask. The Montepulciano cask. Um, just so much better I'm when joking, you say I'm it. I'm joking. I, I love every pronunciation, especially of my name. I love when people get my name 100% wrong. But um, <laughs> I have the same problem, and I don't even have an Italian name. <laughs> um, for sure. Everything you said, like the conversations that I'm having now compared to the conversation I was having four years ago when mm-hmm. I started are so different. Like now, um, I think like our range looks like a family and I love it. Like yeah, when you family, put a that's a good together, way for it. Like it looks like they belong together. Like we are one company. We reached that level of maturity. We celebrated our 25th anniversary a couple of years ago during COVID, but we still did. And... Um, they just, as you said, a continuity, but I think and now I love to shift the conversation from cask to spirit. We were talking about that before. Mm-hmm. I love to like have a little bit of new make with me when I do my tastings, just like give people a little bit of new make, see their shocked faces when they try it and they go, wow, the texture of the sweetness or like the apples or the pears and I'm like you see where this is coming from and that'll, then make, that'll make Jason so happy to hear that yeah <laughs> he's, he's such a fan of new make and pouring it in tastings and being able to set that kind of tone of so here's kind of where the distillery is going to come from let's you know see if we can identify it through some of my favorite distilleries you know and all of the expressions they have and you know whatever cask or age or you can still find that thread of DNA mm-hmm. of what makes that distillery that distillery I think Kilhoman are a great example of that and I love that you know wherever you go you always come back to this Uh, that's what's setting these guys apart from you know a neighbor or somebody else who's got a 10 year old which isn't a mixture of bourbon and sherry and amarone or whatever absolutely that's why I love it it's like yes we can talk about all the other casks but like I love to give people a bit of new make talk about the 10 and just keep telling people like you know we're Still the same people. I know we changed, like, you know, look and everything, but still the same team, still the same passion, the same people. And all we're trying to do is just make good quality spirit and put it in good quality casks so that, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully you agree we do a good job. We have a good quality whiskey out there. I think you're spoiling all the secrets of the industry in that, <laughs> that bit there. Guys, just- it's very basic, okay? Just make good spirit. <laughs> Shh. 
good casks. We'll now, get that, that bit's edited out because <laughs> people won't come on the podcast now. They'll be like, Mariella's told everybody how to make good yeah, whiskey. Yeah, but what does it mean, though? Good, good, <laughs> that's the whole point. What does it mean, good quality spirit, good quality cask? But we'll talk about it in another episode. When I go toe-to-toe with every other ambassador and we just fight over what's the best good quality spirit out there. I'm joking. That, that's going to be an excellent recorded episode of uh, <laughs> podcast while everyone's like growling at each other. We'll have to like film it and we can stream it too. And on top of it. Um, okay, so I was thinking we've done a little bit of Lacranza Aaron. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned it a lot. So let's get to the latest uh, exciting news coming from the island of Aaron. Dun, 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 dun. Um, lag. Lag. Dun, dun, dun. It's our... <laughs> I'm doing also my own... Uh, You're doing all the sound jingles. effects, which is excellent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can tell I don't get to do a lot of podcasts these days. It's like, yeah, no, she makes all the sound effects too. It, come, it comes with the package. Lag, Lag Distillery. Um, I am so lucky that I joined in 2019 because I got to see the final bit of construction of this distillery getting there as it was opened, you know, for the first time. And yeah. now three years later, after everything that happened in the past three years, we can finally share a whiskey, which is absolutely amazing. Do you feel like it's really been three years because of COVID? I feel like no. I have no concept of time anymore. You know, like there's the before indoor times and now. And so I feel like that was probably almost flawless planning on your behalf because <laughs> you were like, well, we're making this thing. You know, if you go to a distillery and they're in the process been like, well, this is year one, this is year two. Nobody has had the opportunity to come and bother you and be like, wow, well, only Jess, two years to go. Obviously we planned it. I mean, who do you think we are? Are you guys we responsible could. for this? <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. I just want to see that like article going out tomorrow. Alvaro and the Siller is responsible for COVID. Just to no, COVID was bred somewhere <laughs> off Brodick Bay, released to the world. It was all done by our like team on the island. They were like, no, we don't want to be bothered for a couple of years. Can you just please, please make something happen? And we're like, yeah, we'll look after that. Don't That's worry. The ultimate and, uh, like sick note for work. I can't come in today for the next two years because we've invented a virus. <laughs> it has actually been the opposite, as you can imagine, because <laughs> of course, of course. when you open a distillery, the last thing you want is to like you know have nobody come visit you and visit it like you know and visit the coffee shop and visit the like the whiskey shop so no it's been it's been tough uh obviously and we also are not really into we don't really we decided not to bottle any gin or vodka or produce any other products outside of whiskey we're a little bit i don't know if purist is the right way to there's the right word to use here, but like we're just like, no, we're a whiskey distillery. Let's focus on whiskey. We did plant a lot of uh, apple trees. Uh, we have around 2,000 apple trees at the moment. That's a very unusual strategy. For a, a new distillery. <laughs> what could we do for our new distillery? Uh, we we're could release very... some other spirits. We could do a liqueur. <laughs> we could sell really exciting merchandise. Or we could plant apple trees. Yeah, we, we play the long game, okay? I'm, I'm into <laughs> it. I'm into it. <laughs> Let's just plant a lot of apple trees so that in the future, maybe we could make something funky like uh you know a calvados a brandy a peated that's very exciting like a smoky apple smoky smoky calvados i'm all over that don't know really what we can make but our our still men like you know our distillery manager is thinking about it as you know the apples are growing so i hope one day we can also talk about this uh, this other project when it comes to life but yeah so no gin no vodka we did bottle a few um 
iron heavily peated we mm -hmm. also have those like iron single malt heavily peated bottles that were like exclusive to lag but finally now we have lag single malt to sell so we just uh, bottled and released our first um, inaugural releases we decided to do three different uh, batches uh, of obviously three-year-old whiskey 50 ppm concerto barley variety and the difference was Batch number one is 36 months fully matured in uh, first filled bourbon barrels. Mm -hmm. And then batch two and three instead are finished in Firkins, 50 liters casks. Batch two is finished in um, first filled Oloroso, Firkins. So obviously, like, you know, heavily peated and sherry. Who doesn't like that? And then the third one is uh, Rioja uh, wine casks. Which is funny, like I actually find it's one of the most complex and the most fascinating of the three because the tannins, like you know, mm -hmm. the dryness and the bitterness actually works in a very like magical, like weird way with our peatiness. I really yeah. like it, but I recommend it to people that like their whiskeys with a bit of a punch, you know, like if you don't, <laughs> if you don't, yeah, if you like a little challenge, you know. So if you're not in the market for a gentle dram. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, need something yeah, yeah. to recover from being outdoors in the great Scottish wilderness. Exactly. You need a, <laughs> a reviver. Exactly. Yeah, I've been very lucky enough to try all three of those first releases. Um, and I'm very excited about the smoky sherry, because I think like that, in my head, that's definitely a flavor combination that ticks my boxes. Um, and I... I'm really excited to see as well where they go. But the inaugural uh, release, which is in the bourbon, was really delicious. And mm -hmm. I, I do think, um, I think maybe younger spirit or younger whiskey, when it's got um, a kind of smoky backbone, I, I think it develops a little bit quicker. So I think the smoke can be quite forgiving. This is not a criticism. <laughs> um, but I do. I think it's, it's interesting to see what you do. So if you have something like a, a bourbon cask that you've got smoke in, there's not a lot of places to hide. So you are still looking at the, quite a naked spirit, yeah. which is obviously still developing at three. Um, but I, I'm really excited to see where you guys go with this because it was really tasty. That's why I loved batch one. I didn't say anything about it because for me it's just lag you know in my mind mm -hmm. that's that's like you know it was as you said it's like naked you know they're just bourbon barrels and it was a very good way to showcase the style like you know whiskey that we want to make yeah. like you know and it just you get the sweetness obviously from the bourbon barrel but like the peatiness like you know the heatheriness the herbaceousness like you know that yeah. dirty like you know smoky style that we try to make it's all there so they like it was a very good introduction because obviously the sherry cask on batch two will take over and make everything much more round. And yeah. all you want is like a little fireplace and a bit of like 70% dark chocolate. And then, you know, your life is like... Because the way you just sorted. reeled that off so quickly. <laughs> as if you've been in the recesses of my mind, you know, when I think about drinking whiskey in uh -huh. the winter. I'm not, I'm not one of these people who... Um, I was talking about this to someone the other day who was saying like, oh, it's great now we're getting around to colder temperatures and winter, then uh, it's great we can finally start drinking peated whiskies. And I, I'm not one of those people, like I, I think I probably would still be on a desert island or a sunny beach somewhere <laughs> drinking some sort of like punchy, peaty dram. Yeah. Like to me, it's not, I'm not uh, seasonally bothered by it, but I can see why other people think, you know, if you're, 
somewhere nice and warm, then you want a gentle, light, bright, space-side type dram instead. Mm -hmm. um, my excuse for that is it doesn't really get that hot in Scotland, so I, I don't have to think about what I would be drinking in yeah. 35 degrees. It's not, a, it's not a problem for me. Um, the person that I was talking to said, you know, like, when I'm, when I'm on holiday and it's 50 degrees and, you know, I'm, wow. I'm in the Middle East and it's really hot, then I want something refreshing. I was like, oh, I'll, t I'll tell you what I want when I get there. Uh, <laughs> I do feel like, see, for me, it's a thing. I don't know if maybe coming from Italy and like, you know, coming from Southern Italy, I am, I miss seasons, actually. That's what I always say, like, Scotland has seasons, but they're not as defined. Like, you know, they're not, yeah. a, you know, like, structured as, like, Italy. But I, I, every time I talk about whiskeys, I talk about seasons because I think it actually makes a very big difference. I actually think Iron 10 is the whiskey for today. Like, you know, if you were in Scotland, like, today, or if you're in the UK, like autumn and iron mm -hmm. 10 for example are perfect lag you know batch two sherry then peat there is something about you know winter time when everything is a, you know you want something nice and cozy yeah. and warm you know because the weather is a little bit cold out there i think it makes uh it makes a difference and amarone if you're in italy and it's spring <laughs> that's how i tell that's how yeah. i get my family to drink whiskey just to get the italian one <laughs> get the italian wine <laughs> cask one diluted a little bit so they don't notice it's 50 percent abv and then just give it to them on a beautiful spring like warm day outside we're all eating with the family i remember giving it to my brother and my mom and my dad and for the first time my mom and my dad looked at me and didn't just look in you know, with a pure face, like, you know, disgust and like hate. They actually <laughs> understood that and they actually appreciated it. So time and place, guys, time and place. You yeah, need to I've always said that I think context for whiskey context. is really important. Um, for example, my non-drinking parents, my mum, it turns out, will <laughs> drink one whiskey, uh, but it, it happens to be like a Tomatin from 1966, <laughs> which I obviously don't have a regular supply of. First of all, how did she get to try that in the first place? <laughs> uh, I was um, I was taking part in a tasting. It was a Gordon McPhail tasting years uh -huh. ago, and they sent us, it was like just the holiest of holy lists of like, <laughs> old old i think the youngest i think the youngest one in the lineup was still significantly older than i was but the reason i had applied to take part in the tastings was they did a there was a 1952 mortlock in it and it was mortlock's one of my favorites um wow. and again i know i tell people such and such is my favorite all the time but mortlock is consistently in one all of my I'm favorites all i'm saying is thank you for inviding me to the next tasting soon i get to thank you very much yeah, well, so the, <laughs> what the podcast listeners can't see is actually we're just playfully doling out black bowmore under here and putting iron brew in it. So I, d I didn't want to make people jealous. You know, it goes really well with my tea cake, uh, <laughs> Tannock's tea cakes that we have here. Tea we should cakes and get sponsored. <laughs> yeah. Tea cakes and bowmore. Well, famously, uh, I like to put stupid food together with uh, expensive whiskeys. But yeah, so that was how she had had an opportunity to try something old and she drank it and was like, oh, this is quite nice. So I was like, of course, of course, you like the really old expensive thing that I poured blind. I didn't tell her it was, you know, not I that I think that. that would have impressed her if I'd been like it's uh she'd probably have been more annoyed that I'd wasted yeah. an expensive whiskey on someone who... At least she tried it, and now you know she she knows for a fact. She that knows she when she's likes, down Morrison's, yeah, exactly. So. Or insert any other supermarket brand for your international listenership. Uh, <laughs> now you just need to like you know tell her to go into bars and ask for it. Like whatever she goes, just go for like can I please have a tomato in 1960? The idea of sending my mother into any bars fills me <laughs> with fear. Never mind one where she would go in and say a combination of words like that. Yeah. Oh, another Mom, thing that I this. that I do that you mentioned as well is pairing. That's my way to yeah, trick I was people say, into anybody 
mean, you've seen um, your social medias. We love a social media. <laughs> uh, you always are making me hungry with your amazing concoctions of uh, like pairings or making uh, tiramisu with Aaron liqueurs and cakes and brownies, microwave chocolate brownies with lag new make covered like extra dark chocolate like you know like imagine like extra dark chocolate brownies with like this heavily peated spirit essentially tasted like mezcal and then like with a nice big scoop of like um Mackey's vanilla ice cream on top i'm so hungry right now (laughs) I, i like doing things like that i think that um there are lots of stereotypes like lots of like things that we need to fight you know like in the whiskey industry not we need to fight but you know no, you know, no, it's too late. You've made, you've made this a call to arms. I'm ready for Everybody. action. <laughs> Can you put a Rage Against the Machine song behind me as I'm saying this? No, note to Joshua, please insert aggressive music over the back of this. <laughs> yeah, we've done that. Can you hear it? Can you... <laughs> Fight the system. No, I'm joking. But like, you know, as, as stereotypes go, I think um, we need to start drinking whiskeys and pair it with food without like feeling like, you know, we're doing something wrong. And I love to do that with pastries. Right. I'm actually planning to do, this is going to sound super Italian, I'm sorry. This is very cliche. But I'm doing a tasting in for the whiskey festival in Milano in uh, December. And I want to do a whiskey and panettone. <gasps> pairings so you know oh, like yes. because milan is the place right like you know for panettone yeah. so i want to get like a lot of different flavored like ones and pair it with the whole iron range because imagine just for a second guys an iron 10 year old okay right we're setting the scene here where, uh, where okay. are we you're in italy we're in italy okay you're in milan possibly like city center you're one of those balconies looking down at the Duomo of Milano. So there's tourists everywhere. It's a December date, but it's warm because it's Italy. So it's like 25 degrees. Oh my God, that's a Scottish summer. That's an Italian winter, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 25 degrees, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, it's chilly, but it's not cold. You know, you're, you're enjoying the sun. You can feel the sun on your skin. Also, it's never had that in Scotland. <laughs> I'm so excited for my winter suntan that i got in italy okay oh, yeah it's crispy i'm so into you know, this yeah it's crispy then there's people around you all having like you know coffees and like abro spritz and they all look beautiful because it's milan because it's like milan. you know everybody just looks like it's coming out of like a modeling shoot or something like, it just like everything is just too pretty and you're sitting down at this beautiful marbly table and yep. out comes a glass of iron 10 year old and a slice of warm just baked panettone made with like you know orange and like you know candied like you know peel covered in dark chocolate maybe with like a little i don't know like hazelnut like oh maybe like a not a a praline like you know sort of Uh cover on top and like you know just sugar dust and you're having a bite of the panettone and then you have a little bit of sip of you know whiskey and your life just makes sense and all of a sudden you're just questioning what are you doing with your life why are you not moving to italy why are you just not like enjoying the life and just move to Italy and enjoy Arenton whiskey on a balcony in Milan. Just do it now. Book your tickets. <laughs> As endorsed by the Aaron Taurus books. <laughs> oh, I am so hungry now and so pale and so unattractive and just everything that that really beautiful wow, that's Milan. Awesome. That's, I, did, I didn't mean it. Mirage. 
that's not the reaction that I wanted. But like, <sighs> and I'm you heartbroken. Can, you, That's what it is. I'm heartbroken <laughs> because I am not living in Milan right now, no, living on Panettone. You can do that at home. I just like to treat myself and I just like to convince people to drink whiskey with like other treats you know very successfully because right know? now there's probably no one listening to us we're just talking on a podcast people are rushing to the shop to find a panettone how many smile. people are googling in panettone right now <laughs> i'm just gonna panettone and where to get it panettone just, near just me. type into the internet <laughs> fancy italian cake bread yeah. and that'll that'll do the job you can get those really big ones. I like the ones that are like uh, Panettone and Pandora that uh-huh. have got chocolate in them mm-hmm. that you can slice. They're, they're a confusing prospect because you will need to Google them because some of them are huge. Yeah. I never know which way to cut it. Like down like a wedding cake or like across like a tree. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of get, yeah, until you make it small enough to put in a toaster. All I'm saying is... I'm pretty sure you're all surrounded by beautiful bakeries. It doesn't have to be panettone, but like if you want to treat yourself, like you know, on a afternoon tea, sort of like you know, like a nice dessert, just pair a good whiskey with a good dessert, and people will just like for even people that don't like whiskey will still fall in love with it because it works. I tried that many times and it, it works all Tra- the time. I'm trying to think of like a, a Scottish equivalent of a panettone. What can I bring you? Like a- I think recently I had uh, strawberry macarons and arana marone. For yes. desserts after, like, you know, dinner with friends and that work too. I got my boyfriend into drinking whiskey by pairing it with donuts. And, um, Which is actually how you and I met. <laughs> exactly. I'm not your boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> you and I met because... Revelation. <laughs> in, a previous, in a previous existence, you and I were planning um, a whiskey and donuts... Uh, tasting which again is an interesting shout out because of course the lovely johnny who helps us make things look pretty on the internet johnny baldry of whiskey and donuts in the u.s does it very proficiently Uh, and he makes very pretty looking tastings and uh makes me want to be in california eating donuts and drinking whiskey but um yeah we talked about that with um for those of you who are coming to glasgow the small village on your way to aaron Mm -hmm. obviously you all need to pick up some tantrum donuts Mm -hmm. Uh, to take with you again we're not being sponsored by them i i, I wish <laughs> i'm mentioning them like as if i've got a tray of them <laughs> to eat on my milan balcony but they um they do some really fantastic ones so you and i had met to discuss the possibility of pairing different donuts and whiskey together something which i am still toying with the idea of i would mm-hmm. quite like to do something or like you and i've looked at um those crazy stuffed cookies also there's plenty of places in glasgow these days my instagram is i mean apart from the fact that like my phone listens to me so my instagram is full of like biscuits cookies like pastries all the bakeries in glasgow and nearby are like on my instagram right now (laughs) i'm not saying that i don't like it i mean i love it but (laughs) i think it's i think it's easier to pair with um nice because you can work with the sweet side of whiskey Mm -hmm. i think much more easily than you can the savory side for me it's quite challenging um, as a mega cheese nerd, I would love to do more cheese and whiskey, but I personally find it quite hard to match up. Cheese can have quite strong flavors and whiskey can be not only strong in terms of the alcohol in it, but the mm-hmm. flavors that you get. So I find it a more challenging match to make. Because uh, I think I've said in previous places, you know, if I had my time over again, I think I'd probably be a cheesemonger because I just love it. Um, and I used to do uh, a lot of tastings where I did uh, with a friend who was a cheesemonger. Mm. We did booze and cheese tastings uh-huh. um, together. Uh, gin and cheese works surprisingly well. The that first time nice. he came to me with a proposition that we should do 
gin and cheese, I was like, well, that's going to be me and you in a room. No one will come. We'll have six <laughs> bottles of gin and five kilos of cheese that we need to eat. I mean, like to me, that sounds like a great night in, but probably not in a, a fancy venue. But um, it was great. They were always the most popular. So shows shows what I know, right? So from now on, this is just the beginning of a series of episodes that Jess and I are going to do and in which we're just going to pair all the whiskeys that we drink with different pieces, cheese, chocolate, donuts, and everything else in between. I mean, and, that is um, essentially my Instagram. Is it? All my life. Then we'll just turn it into a, <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> we should make it into, yeah, as we were, that again. Send us an, a message and tell us if you like to hear stuff like that. Thank you very much. <laughs> as, as an audio format of asking people like, mm, wow, this looks like a really great, this looks like such a great cheese. Look at, look yeah. at us eating them. <laughs> and then do you want to hear a lot of... Yeah, that um, what's that called? ASMR. That could be the second half of the podcast. It'd just be people listening to me and you eat cheese. <laughs> no way. Niche, maybe you never Very know. Niche, but it's the internet, right? I mean, <laughs> people is. people will go for anything. So yeah, the idea of pairing food and whiskey, I think, is really cool because I think it makes it um, maybe less invasive. I know a lot mm -hmm. of people get. Um, you know, in your younger, uh, misspent youth, you may have had whiskey or stronger spirits and, and kind of get fixed in your head that, you know, you had a bad experience and so therefore you stay clear of them for the rest of your days, which if that works for you. Um, and so I think, yeah, if, you, if you're putting it with um, a donut or cheese or something else, then maybe it's a bit less terrifying a prospect. Uh -huh. And that's, I love, like you, I love the idea of being able to invite um, people into trying uh, a food and something to make it, you know, I'm, I'm basically slowly trying to convert everybody to being a whiskey drinker. I'm, uh, and or a I'm eradicating all the people in my life who don't drink whiskey because I don't have time for that. I am right there with you, don't worry. <laughs> Every single thing that I do that involves friends that don't drink whiskey, there's always going to be like a whiskey mini event going on like on the side just yeah. to try and convince people to yeah, get... Yeah, you should see when Chris and I go to parties, we bring like basically a full bar. It's embarrassing, clanking in. In fact, actually one of the pubs here in Glasgow... Uh, one of my favourite barmen, as I walk in, he greets me. He's like, oh, it's the whiskey lassie. <laughs> that is so nice. I, saw, I think it's, he means it from a place of love, I think. I, say. <laughs> I, like, I hope he's not like, she's. it's a cry for help. She that. needs, um, yeah, he always, that's how he shouts to me. So I think that's quite funny. Um, but he, um, yeah, that's that's how he greets me. But I, yeah, so my point was, I think it's really nice to be able to introduce people like that. Mm -hmm. And then once we've got everybody drinking whiskey... Then what? I got a world of friends to share whiskeys with. I mean, I don't is that know the ultimate agree. aim of this? To make <laughs> friends? <laughs> I mean, that's my aim. I'm a people pleaser, so yeah, I want everybody to be my friend. But <laughs> um, yeah, I know this is gonna sound a very, very cliche, but like the people that I met through the years, thanks mm -hmm. to my job, like you know, people in the whiskey community are possibly like the loveliest people I've ever met in my life and some of my best friends today are you know people that I met through whiskey and I absolutely love it now I don't know how the other industries are maybe people say the same about the rum the tequila the wine industry I don't know how the others are but I can just say that like you know if it wasn't for the whiskey community we wouldn't be here and now talking to each other either so That's very I true. just love it well maybe we would be friends through some sort of lady boss breakfast <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but, but but then you know that happened maybe because you know we, nah, it's we definitely a whiskey thing but that to me is one of the appealing things of the industry I think it's such a personal thing 
that you know whether it's the people who are working in production like you get to interact with the guys at production mm. a lot you know like the stories and the uh heritage and sometimes unrecordable things they tell you um i i really love that but i also love being face to face with uh punters even if it's you know a, a whiskey festival mm-hmm. or um getting rolled out like at parties being like she's the whiskey woman <laughs> a bit like a dancing monkey that's um always quite good fun too um i get asked far too often oh do you like whiskey then every time i'm like this would be a very very difficult job if i didn't can you imagine if you didn't like whiskey doing what we do i i, I every time i get that question i'm just looking at people going i would be so sad if i was just like you know lying to people like you know just like making things up like every single day of my life for, like, i for think the that'd past be quite years. a funny whiskey tasting to be in can you imagine being, like, sat watching Hi. somebody being like okay tell me about the whiskey and then watching as they kind of like wince and go mm, yeah really oh lots of lovely flavors in this <laughs> Hi, my name is Mariella. I work for Aravarin Distillers and I've been sober for... Uh, <laughs> okay, wrong. That That's... Um, yeah, you're definitely in the wrong place in that yeah. case. No, but like, you know, I'm just... I think we do what we do out of love and I think yeah. we, if we are... If we do share that passion and that love for the for the whiskey is because we love it ourselves, so... Um, it definitely comes through talking to you. I love uh, seeing what you've come up with next and like even just the way when we've been talking about flavours and tastes and stuff, the way you've just kind of run through all these, uh, you know, profiles on what you could do with some of the liquids. Like, it's really infectious to watch. And that infectious sounds like a dirty word that I didn't mean to like that. Like, it's very, um, it's lovely to watch. I love watching people who are passionate about what they do. It doesn't have to be whiskey, you know, uh-huh. like you could be really into collecting stamps or going to historic museums. Like I, I just love seeing people um, who are really involved and feel for a subject. I love watching how that's communicated. I have... I am 100% right there with you. I think because I am so passionate about one single thing, I just love to see other people that I'm maybe passionate about, like, you know, a completely different thing. And then I just want to just hear them talking to me about it for like, you know, hours. And I'm like, yeah, I want to listen to that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. So if you weren't doing whiskey, what would you, if money's no object? Okay. This is going to sound very wild. I'm sorry. But um, how, if I, do I have like all the money in the world? Like sort yeah, of like, scenario. Yeah, no, it's not a. <laughs> Am I like filthy rich? I'm not. I'm not like funding whatever outrageous <laughs> sentence is going to come out your mouth. No, I talk to my boyfriend a lot about this. I wish we could live in a world, uh, like almost like you know Renaissance time, in which I will found um like you know a, a patron uh-huh. that will like you know just sponsor me <laughs> to like learn every single musical instrument like you know and like just be an artist essentially like you know like today i want to paint tomorrow i want to wood carve the day after i want to learn how to play the violin and all i want to do is just learn everything that ever comes to mind like until i die like i just want to learn this is a really busy schedule you know like lots of people when you ask them they're like i'd just live somewhere on a desert island or i would be Um, in the sun you've just filled yourself with like a full week of intensive next week you're learning kendo and then you're gonna become a master (laughs) skydiver and i want to do everything i feel like my brain doesn't stop i've been called an earthquake like before it's like i have one of those brains that unfortunately i cannot 
stay still for like you know like, like five a ten minutes yeah, yeah 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 like i i need to work like you know my brain needs to work like constantly but i love to learn uh-huh. and i love to learn like all sorts of different things so i love to have like a billion hobbies but not one of them is like you know my only hobby <laughs> if you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah i just i just would like to live in in a world where i don't actually have to work but my work is just learn, learn. like yeah. a scholar yeah hmm, that does sound great fun Let's you make could, it happen. Thank you very much. Yeah, okay. So crowd, uh, <laughs> I'll put a link in the bottom for the crowdfunding on uh, yeah. Fund Mariella as a Scholar for Life. <laughs> Hashtag Scholar for Life. Next thing I'm doing is pottery. Then okay. we're going to learn how to make cheese. That's what we said. Yeah. I'm embroidering at the moment just for fun. I tried to learn knitting. It is, I, I am a pretty sweary person and it is the singularly <laughs> most swear-inducing activity. It's not soothing for me at all. It, it's infuriating. Wow. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not a ladylike pastime no. for me. It be <laughs> doesn't better, work for you. I'd be better at like shot putt or something, you know, like yeah. something, <laughs> building stone walls. If you start swearing too much, I think it's not the right hobby for you, no. Yeah, you it, just, just, it was also that I felt like my blood pressure was rising an mm. awful lot while I was doing it. It was, yeah, it's not, whiskey's much more soothing experience to me, learning about everything I can yeah. and like learning about different spirits, I think is really fun. I'm really getting into rums and, uh just learning all the different processes that it's kind of recognizable i like that a lot of the drinks industry is transposable i suppose the basics are you're basically taking some ingredients there's a process and there's a hopefully consumable liquid out the other end it's really interesting to me watching um all the different kind of processes for like you know how rum is sort of similar but not and like uh-huh. you know if you're in a rum distillery you can and you know whiskey you obviously you can recognize the equipment in front of you but there's obviously nuances to how all of them work so not quite the same it's a completely different story i love that i remember learning about whiskey the first time and just being fascinating but you know the whole the whole thing and then if you think that like i also like how i don't want to use the word terroir but like how (laughs) too late (laughs) too late i've used that but how every um, spirit in every country like it Mm -hmm. depends on like the culture like the people everything it just so as you said nuanced Every, you know, if we're talking about wine in Italy or we're talking about, like, you know, wine in France or, like, rum in Jamaica, rum in the Martinique, like, you know, scotch, like, you know, scotch whiskey in Scotland or, like, it just, every story is, like, there are similarities, but it's just so different because of the passion and the culture of the people that tell that story, which I love that. That's another nice learning you know experience see it's not just see there you go although i'm sure the listeners would agree it's not just about the drinking i think everybody thinks that because i work in a (laughs) (laughs) drinks industry i spend my whole day drinking the truth is a lot less glamorous it involves a lot of paperwork (laughs) and emails um but obviously that's not the bit i'm going to share on instagram like nobody wants to see me shouting at my emails i would love to take one day when i'll be brave enough to do it i'll start taking photos of the non-glamorous life of a brand ambassador when i'm like in bed still and it's like you know 2 p.m and i'm still sending emails that i started at 8 because i have so much to do i'm still like you know in my pajamas (laughs) sending emails and it's not looking pretty like for anybody (laughs) especially not for me but because there's so much work to do you're like yeah i need to organize this now so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of background work for those beautiful photos to show up on your instagram do not worry they they don't just appear um okay well how about um we head towards uh what is a adjacent exit so i think we've had a really nice little ramble chat that's my that's not, I've stolen that from someone else, but I like the idea of a ramble <laughs> chat, that we've had a lovely chat. Um, and we have discussed some very exciting things about 
uh, lag and about Lacranza, um, and you have made us all move to Milan, so thanks for that. Damn it, that's not what I wanted to do. Move to Ireland, move to Scotland instead. Come see us. Yeah, it's like we didn't paint as an attractive, uh, like midge-infested, sideways rain, grey, miserly. Who's talking? About, what? You know, like a day day in Scotland. When I think about it, you, advertise Scottish weather. <laughs> There's midges. Don't you know that Iron? It's always sunny. Like I don't know if I ever told you that, but it never rains on Iron. Did you know? Wow. I'm joking. I'm lying. I'm totally lying there. No, no, we're, we're upselling. We're, <laughs> we can't outstrip Milan now. Uh, Milan is sunny. pretty, but it doesn't have um, the whiskey, the people, and like, you know, everything else that Iron has to offer. So, yes, do go to Milan because it's very pretty and nice. But And it will make you appreciate your rain more. But is that what is, we're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it rains in Milan too. Don't worry. It's still Northern <sighs> Italy. Yeah. But no, I mean, my, my last sentence is. Do come see us in Iran. I'm, I mean, I live here now. I live in Scotland and I love Iran. Rain or shine, it doesn't matter. If it rains, even better because it will make your drums in the visitor center even like, Yeah, we'll more. stay inside and drink whiskey yeah. instead. So it, it's, there's something to do. Scotland is ready for rain, so don't you worry. Like, you know, there's going to be a lot of activities that you can do also when it rains. We're prepared. Um, but do come see us, especially now that we have two distilleries yeah. that are so different from each other and producing whiskies that are so different from each other. So, Which is very exciting. So, yeah. So, our usual get-out-of-here question mm-hmm. is, what has you excited for the future? Thank you for telling me about this question, by the way, before we started this podcast so that I could have prepared my answer. No, Thank you very much. it has to be spontaneous. <laughs> I don't want like a nice polished. I want you to think on your feet. So think what has you excited for? The future, like maybe with uh, the distilleries, with what's coming with lag, maybe La Cranza, maybe just you and your international travels, uh-huh. locating new places for us to all move to. There is a lot There is a lot of stuff that excites me about the brands, especially now with parallel projects and things like that, but I'm going to be selfish and say the travel, because finally next year I get to travel again overseas. And Yeah, I feel like you're never at home. Yeah, but mostly right now is in Europe, but I love traveling as much as I love whiskey, maybe... I love traveling more, actually. And I have to say that I am excited because next year I get to go to countries like Canada and New Zealand and South Korea and places that I've actually never been before. Mm -hmm. And I love that feeling of waking up in a place where you actually know absolutely anything about. Like I just love that feeling of this is all new to discover. Again, the whole learning thing. So I'm going to be very selfish and say I'm actually just excited to talk to a market, crowd, people that drink whiskey, but in a country that I've actually never visited before, or a culture that I don't know much about and actually learn you know, from them. So I'm just excited about that. I think that's a very, a very fair answer. I'll, I'll let you have it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I think I'm the same. I'm looking forward to getting out and about and being elsewhere a little bit. Uh-huh. I've added that in even though you didn't ask me but that's okay I uh, didn't realise I was supposed to I'm sorry um, I, I think it's the same you know I think we have a very similar um, outlook there the idea of getting to share drams with people all over the place is super mm-hmm. exciting um, and it's one of the reasons I came to do this job so yeah I think travel is a very exciting and I think probably quite a common response I think for people especially brand ambassadors who've been mm-hmm. living inside on Zoom the idea of you know, we were all looking forward to that terror of waiting at the luggage 
uh, collection point in an airport thinking, does my bag smell like whiskey? <laughs> Was my hotel booked in the right place? Uh, Where does the taxi go? You know, like all those things that are really frustrating. They're going to be an exciting frustrated. Uh-huh. I miss that, to be honest. So I'm, I'm ready to have all those mini panic attacks again. Please, thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Or being fed food that I don't know. Like, it, I don't know if it happened to you yet, but when you go to places and you just see food in front of you, <laughs> but you don't know exactly what's inside. But because you're you know, distributor, like your company, like, you yeah. know, it just, you know, be, you, you are a guest and you need to be respectful. So you have to eat whatever is given <laughs> to you. And I'm like, mm, I'm not sure I like that, but thank you very much. You're, you're far too polite. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for coming and hanging out with me and talking to me on the pad cost. I am looking forward to scheduling part two of me and you walking around a distillery, pointing at things saying, what's that? Because that's, that's going to be a great, great can listening I touch experience. That? No, I just burned my fingers. No, I no, can't touch, touch that. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that bit. Uh, but yeah, so thanks very much for coming and chatting to us. Um, and if everybody wants to go away and find your lovely escapades as a, mm-hmm. an Aaron ambassador, they can check you out on the Instas where everything is delicious <laughs> and email them paper free. Um, and yeah. So no, thank much. you. Thank you for having me, for having this uh, different experience, you know, different chat. I liked it. So thank you very much. And I'm sure you will be coming live to some people all over the world soon. Yeah, hopefully in the US as well or just around the world. If you see me, come and talk to me about bakeries and, you know, where should I get, where are the closest donuts to me, wherever I'm standing. So tell That's me the that. special skills you've got. <laughs> okay, thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers. As you rightly said, going into that interview, just listening to Jess and, and Mariella having that chitty chat was tremendous. I absolutely mm-hmm. thoroughly, mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it. I also have to say that all the talk of lag, anytime I hear lag mentioned, <laughs> anytime I see lag being you know put on a store shelf, anytime I see it coming up at auction, I'm so excited to be able to put lag mm. next to Aaron slash Lockranza, mm, mm-hmm. right? And you and I, when we were in Scotland at the beginning of October, actually tasted one of the, the lag releases, the only one that had been put out up Correct. to that point, yeah. which if memory serves, was the, the full bourbon maturation lag release? Yeah, there was, there was bourbon, there was sherry, and... Jeepers creepers! There, there was another one that she she said, and oh, Rioja. That's right, yeah, uh, Rioja. The, the red wine, yeah. Yeah, and um, and we tasted the bourbon one. They're all firkin casks. That was an interesting mm. point about those. So, firkin cask matured lags, and I thought it was a. And I and I hate using this as a caveat, but it was a three year old whiskey, right? And. For a three-year-old spirit, it was remarkable because for my palate, it was doing a bit more than, oh, you can see where it's going, right? Oh, for sure. Right? It, for sure. It, was, it, was, it was fully realized. It had wonderful complexity. Uh, it, do, you know what they, yeah. do you know what they say in the warehouse when one of those casks reaches maturity? <laughs> what did they say? They say about firkin time. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's not hurting anybody. That joke's not hurting anybody. No, no, I know. It's just they, a nice little throwaway joke. Yeah, they look at their watch and they say, oof, it's, it's, it's a quarter cask 12. It's about freaking time. <laughs> wow. You wanted to and that one. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yes and. Yes you and. Yes and it. That's you right. Yes and it. That's right. It's my little improv going on there. But the point yeah. that we're making. Yeah. Is that it was delicious, mm-hmm. and and it's a dedicated peated spirit at a distillery that has a grass roof. Does it have a grass roof? Oh, you should see what they pay the guy to cut it. <laughs> oh, like a like a living a living roof. Exactly. Yeah. Remember uh, when they were when they were installing it? They installed it on, yeah. on a kind of, before a wind came in, and then it. It blew off. They had to reattach yeah. the roof because it blew off the first time. See, when you first mentioned that, A, I'd forgotten about that. So therefore, B, I was picturing this distillery with like a thatched roof with that dry grass <laughs> oh, okay. going on. Okay. But not a living roof. I thought you were maybe thinking of it more underground. But then I would make a Wombles reference. And I don't think you get Wombles references, do you? Weebles Womble? Weebles do nope. not womble. No, it's a womble. Underground, overground, wombling free. We are the Wimbledon common are we? Wombles of Wimbledon common are we? Great show. All of us British kids watched that in the wow. 80s. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that, that was a bit that was a bit beyond me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good stuff. So the roof, the dedicated distillery, the peat production mm-hmm. as I think has now been clearly stated in the interview, has meant something for the Lacranza distillery. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. They've, they've stopped their peated production. And I think they actually did that back in 2017-ish, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd forgotten about it. But if you put the puzzle pieces together, it really makes sense. Why, why have one distillery that's dedicated to peat and have another distillery that's doing a bit of both. Why not keep them fully separate? Which they talk about in the distillery, right? They they are two very separate things from from the bottle, from the liquid to the bottle shape. Yeah, it was it was interesting, and it, it reminds me of distilleries like Glengarry that used to run peated spirit, and then in '95 mm. famously stopped using peated malt. And, and and that's happened with a few distilleries. <laughs> and what's the current rumor surrounding Langiri? Actually, it's not even a rumor. What's the current fact around Langiri? I haven't heard that. Tell me. <sighs> yeah, they've, they've returned to some Peter production. Holy! I mean, I guess I should have known <laughs> after you set it up like that. <laughs> what could it be? Yeah, <laughs> they've gone back to growing tomatoes <laughs> next to the still house. Like, wow! They've they've decided to. Pronounce the distillery name the way everybody screws it up. They're now Glengarriock. Yeah, yeah they're, they're now Old Meldrum. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. it, but it, right, it's kind of interesting what it means to your production and, and what it means to, you know, your, your brands and how you've built. Because you know, it's what, identity, what it right? It's, it's... Right, well, what, what does it mean to never have any peat running through the stills at Locranza. What, what does that mean for the spirit that, you know, we, we've always talked about it. Who knows how apocryphal it is, but 
you know, the the peated spirit. And any distillery who does non-peated and peated mm. would run the peated right before the shutdown, the silent yeah. period. You know, yep. they'd, they'd thoroughly clean the stills. They'd leave them sitting. But when they came back and they started running the stills again, there was still a little bit of peat mm-hmm. came through, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then it kind of got flushed out the system. And then we went back in. Like, like that little part of the process, if, if any part of that is is more truth than mythology, you know, that, that's gone. There's There are going to be casks of of Lacranza that don't have that quality anymore. Oh, that, that sort of mid... That mid, that that peat to non peat whisper, yeah, that, that whisper, whisper, right? Which is it, which is something I always look for in in hazel burn bottlings, right? Sometimes you get hazel burn, and it's clear they'd been running unpeated spirit for a while, and it's crisp <laughs> and it's clean and it's fruity, and then you get those dirty, earthy hazel burns that are like. Yeah, they just got done running a bunch of long row, and now they're going with the hazel burn. Uh, it's so funny when we have these conversations that we're really talking about a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche. <laughs> of a niche. Like, there's there's five people all going like, yeah, yeah, good point, well made. We will miss that, right? The rest of the whiskey drinking world is like, get For, over yourself. Forty five thousand other people are like, uh. <laughs> Glug, glug. Uh, But I'll tell you, it was just to get back to the conversation, it was really brilliant having Jess at the helm there leading the conversation. It's it's clear she's she's a wonderful conversationalist. She asked some some great questions that that were that were nerdy yet accessible to those who may not be on that same nerdy level that, that Jess and Mariella certainly are. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm happy she has a recording device to be out there and having these conversations cause they're fantastic. Yeah. And I think it's one thing we've talked about previously, which is it's, it's just nice to have another perspective. There's there's a way in which you and I would have had that conversation with Mariella mm-hmm. that would have been remarkably different than how Jess had that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so nice to be able to hear that other perspective. Yeah. Right? How did the conversation go? They're also good friends, right? And they have lunch together, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's great to have that connection going on and, as well. Yeah. As you know, you know the two of us saying, you know, hey, lovely to meet you for the first time. You know, here's some <laughs> questions we'd like to ask. Like, yeah, I think it's great that that type of variety, and and like I've said, that different perspective is vital. And I love that we have Jess on our team. She's she's a good egg, as they say. That she is. Yeah, it, all it, the kids, all the kids, all here. the kids say, yo, yo, you're a good egg. <laughs> Is I think how they phrase it. Jason, you and I have a bit of news to share. So much news, in fact. I feel it's kind of monumental. I feel it's monumental enough to bring out the paper boy. What do you think just happened, Jason? 
What big thing <laughs> just happened? Uh, did a plane come into the United States delivering bottles of single cast nation to our warehouse? That plane was holding 10 pallets worth of single cask nation product. That's a lot of whiskey. And it's been delivered to our warehouse in San Francisco, to our friends at Impex Beverages. Mm -hmm. And we've got a bit of a combination here. We have five new single cask nation retail bottlings. Right? Is that true? Five. It's just the five. Well, it's five, (laughs) but one of them is kind of big, right? So we've got, um, here, you know what? I have a little list, and I'm going to read it to you, and I'm going to read it to our listeners. And and mostly I'm bringing up the list because I've got a small brain, and I wasn't able to retain everything, Jason, because I'm not a perfect man, Jason. <clears throat> I know you like to think I am. But anyway, here we are. So we have five new bottlings. We have some whiskey, single malt. We've got some grain, and we have a little bit of rum. So let me start with the rum, actually. So we've got an 11-year-old cask of Darsa rum, which is Guatemalan rum. Hmm. And hmm. it's so funny. Have you, have you talked about the Darsa to anyone? I have not. You have not. Nope. So I have. And when I mention Darsa, I get the same response that you gave, the, oh, hmm, huh, Guatemala. <laughs> oh, hmm, yeah. And then I say to them, have you ever heard of Zacapa? Yeah, of course I've heard of Zacapa. Uh, and I say, well, this is actually a single cask of Zacapa, basically, because Darsa makes for Zacapa. So mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, 11-year-old really single cask. It really resonates when you say that, doesn't it? Do, yeah, it, it, right? It connects the dots. <laughs> then for our grain, uh, we have a 34-year-old Invergordon, uh, distilled February 1988. And that is from a refill sherry hogshead. I should point out the Darsa is from a first fill bourbon barrel. The Invergordon's a refill sherry hoggy. And then for the next two, we actually took two casks and married them together for the next two bottlings. So we have an inch gower, 10 years old. Uh, one of them, one of the casks was a bourbon barrel, and which I think was refill. And then the sherry cast, sherry hogshead that was married with it was first a bourbon barrel and then it was transferred into a sherry hoggy. So you've got finished sherry going on with that. Yeah, that re-racked sample was oh my crazy. Gosh. That was a lot of sherry presence, a lot of mm-hmm. wood presence. And it sits beautifully with the refill bourbon from the other cask. And that's what I was going to say. I feel... I feel as if that fit, those casks were so active, it overtook the spirit a little bit. And so that refill bourbon allows the spirit to shine while still retaining that sherry presence. Oh, <laughs> any shower <laughs> doubt, yeah. It's definitely a, it's a flavor marriage. It felt, you know, not, not that it's to this extent, but it felt a little bit like having the opportunity to blend. Where it was, okay, what's this refill bourbon flavor profile doing? What's this re-racked sherry mm-hmm. profile doing? And what if these notes spoke to those notes and these qualities complemented these other qualities yeah. and brought those two, just two cast together? But that, that was really quite magical. I almost feel like 
it's a little bit like the conversation we had with our Copperworks release and our Balconies release, where each of those was two casks. And we thought Mm. that the combination of the two Mm -hmm. did more than the individual casks by themselves. I mean, the fact of the matter is the vast majority of single casks out there simply are not pulling their weight. There, there's, there's a reason why distilleries, uh, uh, brands like Johnny Walker and, and you name it, you know, have <laughs> blenders, master blenders, because they're, they're dealing with components. They're not dealing with a fully realized spirit. And, and I'm not comparing us to, you know, the, the, the Kirsty McCallums of the world or the Jim no. Beverages of the world, but <laughs> just pointing out that it's... This, that's whiskey, right? Like most whiskey <laughs> yeah. needs to be married yeah. together to create 100%. something. A hundred percent. And I do think with the, the rise of independence and the rise of single casks at natural cast strength, we've, we've taken something that used to be a fringe aspect of the industry and, <laughs> and have made it much more mainstream. Mm. But, you know, we talk to producers Producers are responsible for putting out brands, lines, lineups, mm-hmm. standard bottlings, and then they like to have a single cask that kind of shines, that does yeah. something different, right? Yep. And yet, if you're an independent, for most of us, your business plan is all single casks yep. at cask strength. Yep. It's, a, it's a very different remit. And, and I think there's a reason you and I have kind of started to sniff around blending and combinations and, mm-hmm. and kind of saying, what do we have with flavors? Yeah. What can we yeah. do with yep. flavors? It's kind of a, an interesting kind of place we've gone to. But mm. I'll say more about that in just a second because I know where this list goes. <sighs> All right. And then... And then, speaking of marrying casts, we have our Kalila. This one I'm so excited about. I mean, I'm excited about all of them. But th- these are two refill bourbon barrels that are seven years old. Mm-hmm. A seven-year-old Kalila. It's just young Isla, right? And young Isla spirit. It's, it's what I know it's what you're about. It's quite often what I'm about. <laughs> though I do like to dip my toe in some older Isla, too. But... It is so what I'm about. So what I'm about. And then finally, we have our Wolf Island Take Two, our our follow-up to the original. And there's been a a nice little adjustment to the the label that's quite Mm -hmm. obvious and people will see and hopefully get a bit of a a kick out of. Mm -hmm. And just as with the previous one, this is a marriage of six casks. All first fill bourbon, five of them being unpeated spirit, one of them being lightly peated spirit. It's from the same distillery that we can't even joke about. We can't be cheeky. It's just an island distillery that isn't Isla. That's that's the one bit of news that I've told people that is is not Isla. Yeah, it's one of those funny things though, because when people hear island they want it to be Isla. They want it to be Isla, yep. And I don't want to stand in their way. If they want it to be Isla, like, go yeah. crazy. Fill your boots. Yeah. Right? I, I, I will also say this. 
for anybody who tasted that first release yeah. and thought it tasted like Brook Laddie, yeah. I hear them 100%. And I think that's where it's safe to say, well, it's not an Isla, mm. but I see what you're saying and I see what you're getting there yeah. and I like that you're getting what you're getting. But there are also people that I've said that to and they've been yeah. like, no, you're... You're just saying that, right? I know this is a Brooklady. See, I, I just, I don't like it when people are wrong, and and when they're like, "Oh, this is Brooklady," or "Oh, this is insert distillery here." <laughs> you know that that the the mental image of that that classic stick figure comment with the woman saying whatever the guy's name is, Charles. I don't remember what his name is. Charles, you come into bed, he's like, nope, someone's wrong on the internet, you know, and he's, he's got to correct it, right? So I, when people throw out Isla, I just, I know we can't mention the distillery. I just want to kind of give him a bone, just something, anything. <laughs> no, no, I'm like, gosh, if you want to buy that and drink it and, and be convinced it's Brook Laddie, like, yeah, fill your boots. You got me. Listen, that, that that first one, that first version. You know, we've talked about this. We put out single casts. We don't often have enough volume to warrant putting anything into competition. But you know, we purposely made a large batch of the first Wolf Island. We purposely made a large batch of the second Wolf Island. The first one went into competition and got ninety three points. Like, right. That's. Again, it comes back to what we were just saying in this segment. It's okay if you don't know the distillery. It's mm. enough that you taste it and you like it, you want to keep drinking it, and you want to share it with your friends. And the fact that it gives us an opportunity to talk about our collaboration with the Water of Life film and, and what we're doing with, with Greg and with Trevor and, and Fonz and, yeah. and the gang over yep. there, right? It's just another excellent fun worthwhile collaboration for us that has a damn tasty whiskey at the heart of it mm -hmm. I, i'm i'm super excited for take two i really am yeah. because i don't want to say we took a chance with the first version but we we put together 1600 bottles mm -hmm. in a batch mm -hmm. with no distillery name attached to mm -hmm. it at 48 point something percent 48 what's the number eight. there you go 48 eight Right? So we took all these chances and then it landed and it resonated. Yeah. And that's that's all we can hope for for something we are building. And so to then say, okay, you like the first version, let's come back with another one that's a kissing cousin, you know, a very close relative to that mm -hmm. first one, and enjoy this one as well. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. I'm really proud of it. And and I really hope it resonates the same way the first one did and people support it the same way they supported the first one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of all of these. Uh, really quickly, one thing before I, I mention the online things, um, I didn't give the prices, so let, let me do this. So the Darsa 11-year-old rum, first Phil Burt, Yep. Rem remembering that these are just suggested. Your mileage may vary in your particular state, your particular store. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, right? This is known as the RRP, which is recommended retail price. So yes, it could be more, it could be less. So 
Um, so the Darsa 11-year-old, first fill bourbon barrel, $120. The Invergordon 34-year-old refill sherry hoggy, $280. Two really good prices coming out the gate, given what they are. Um, the Invergordon 10-year-old, marriage of uh, sherry and bourbon cask, 110 The 7-year-old Kalila, uh, a clean 80 bucks. And Boom! The- Pardon me? That's right, sir. <laughs> Two digits on that one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And wow. then uh, you forgot about that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, because when you mentioned it earlier, I was like, i got to get me one of those bottles. I wonder if it's 100 or 110 and that you just threw out 80. And I'm like, I've got to get two of those bottles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then finally, the Wolf Island, uh, $80 is the recommended price, just, just as with the last one. The last thing that I wanted to bring up with regards to this shipment is an online offering that we have, which is, this is the first time we've ever done a bottling like this before. So you and I bought a couple of French brandy casks. This is French brandy from the cognac region of France. (laughs) Uh, but then maturity. No, nobody can see you winking, Joshua. (laughs) Nobody can see that. Well, because we, right, because it wasn't fully matured in cognac and because it wasn't bottled in cognac <laughs> we can't call it cognac so we're calling it french brandy so the the distillate is from december 1989 specifically december 31st 1989 mm-hmm. uh, 32 years old and the the spirit actually spent its last nine months in px sherry cask pedro jimenez first fill Spanish Instead of finish, oak. I would call that a pregnant pause. It had a pregnant pause in PX. Oh, oh yeah. Look at that, Jason. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's great. Uh, but but specifically Spanish oak, which which I was kind of excited mm. for. And this mm-hmm. just just back to my my very brief mention of Kirsty McCallum. It was the use of px sherry from a previous position she had she told us a story there was some spirit that had a bit of dryness to it a bit more than she liked and so she ended up putting that spirit into px Mm. and and we did the same you know cognac let me tell you let me say that differently french brandy tends to be a much much drier spirit a bit too dry for my liking typically Mm. And, and so it was spot on for the spirit, but we just wanted to add a touch of juiciness, a bit more fruitiness to it overall. So a bit of a pregnant pause, nine months in, in PX to sort of round out some of that dryness. But yeah, 32-year-old French brandy for a, for a cool 195 on nice. the website. Yeah, good age yeah, on that. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad. Yeah, 32 years, I'll take it. Um. So that won't be on the website until January. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a good thing to point out. So I appreciate you highlighting that bit. Before we get out of the news, there was something you wanted to add to yes. this. So go ahead. Yes. Right. On, a, on a very weekly basis, and by weekly I mean almost daily, our very own Elijah ah. pings me to say... Are we selling the glassware? Are we selling the glassware? Are we selling the glassware? Mm-hmm. And we have not made mention of it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But 
as of the release of this episode, if you go to singlecastnation.com to our front page where we keep all of our bottles, hopefully you've been there previously, <laughs> you will also see that we're selling glasses, single cast nation branded glasses. Mm-hmm. You can purchase a pair, you can purchase a six pack. I guess you could purchase two pairs if you were really feeling oh, up yeah, to it. Oh, yeah, look at that. Right? But we sell them in blocks of two and six. And so I recommend getting over there, get your purchase made. As much as our shipping of Spirit has closed for 2022, mm. our shipping of glassware has not. So... These will be able to go out the door shortly after you place your order. Joshua is looking at me as if I'm going to name prices. And <laughs> I am. I, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've no idea. Well, um, as, uh, as you're looking for those prices, uh, one thing I wanted to point out to those listening, you know, most, most whiskey glasses, right? They're the Glencairns, that tulip-shaped glass with a little nub on the bottom for you to hold on to, which are beautiful glasses. Jason and I use them all the time. But since the start of the Jubilee back in 2013, up until today, (laughs) we've used a Glencairn-like glass that doesn't have that little pedestal it sits on. It just sits nice and roundly in the hand. And uh, it's the Urban Bar glass. And it's one we've been using for years and we're very happy with. And so it will stand out compared to your other glasses. Well, and, and it is the one that we select all our casks using. All the time, it, yep. It, it's, the, it's the standard bearer when, as we've discussed in this news segment, we bring two casks together or six casks together. Mm-hmm. This is the way we experience the whiskey. So if it's of interest to you, a pair will be $24, six will be $60, and it'll ship direct to your doorstep for a $15 flat rate shipping fee. Wow. So you get a bit of a deal with six glasses. That's how we work it. That's wow. how we work it. This, yeah, re- yeah. this reflects the deal that we started the company with. Mm. The, the prices are a little higher, a little, but it's coming right to you. Oh, there coming you go. Right to yeah. your door. And we're sitting here in 2022, the end of 2022, which is remarkable. Amazing. Yeah. So there oh, you go. Yes. Glassware. Yeah. Please, please go buy your glassware. Uh, I guess we could ship it globally. We wouldn't be able to charge you $15 to ship it globally. We'd have a little email exchange mm. to say, hey, thanks for your order. This is what it would cost. We would not add any profits no, to no. shipping it to no. your doorstep around the globe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But if you are in the United States, it will be $15 flat rate shipping fee to your doorstep. If you do add in a bottle, because we're always telling people, stretch your $15 flat rate shipping fee. If you do want to add in a bottle or more, uh, that bottle will ship the beginning of January. Oh, look But at your that. glassware will ship immediately. I love your the flex room you gave with oh, the yes. beginning Always of Joshua. January. <laughs> Always Joshua. Always. <laughs> all right. I think, Jason, that that is now all the news fit to print. Yeah. Yeah, fun stuff. What else do we have going on? Well, we were again 
planning to close out the blind barrels blind tasting, but my palate is still absolutely shot. It even has me a little nervous All right. about our end of year review episode where we dram and chat and pick some favorites. I'm, I'm really hoping my palate's back by then. Zinc, elderberry, vitamin C. Xanax. Xanax. <laughs> Heroin. KY jelly, the whole thing. Oh my God, I can't get any more KY jelly up my nostril. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you should see what I'm blowing out my nose. Anyway, anyway, that's too much. So, so we're pivoting again. I've had this little topic mm. area. Mm-hmm. Issue. Mm. It's, it's not an issue in the slightest. But back in back in February, I saw a little something on the Whiskey Fun website. Don't open the Whiskey Fun website to February. I'm watching you, Hatton. My hands are up. This, and I've had this little bit of fun up my sleeve. And I think getting to it in December <laughs> before I have to carry it in my brain into 2023 is a very good idea. So what I saw on Whiskey Wait, Fun. You saw this in February of yep. 2022 and decided yep. to bring it to me in December of yep. 2022. Okay. Yep. okay. Yep. I've, okay. I've had it up my sleeve that right. entire time. Okay. And right. finally, here we are. So... It's it's an antique whiskey advertisement. Oh, okay. And I think the language in it is absolutely fantastic. Okay. And and so on, on one hand, I, I simply just wanted to discuss the ad with you. Mm-hmm. And the second aspect is I wanted to see if you could guess the whiskey from the ad. Okay. It's, as we've been discussing on and off for a while now, it is verbose. <laughs> so do I, get, do I get any hints through, through the reading or are there any hints? We're about hints? to find out. Okay. All right. All right. You, you, you go ahead. Now, Just like we normally do, whenever yeah. the, the name itself is mentioned, I will not read that name out loud. Okay. But I will pretty much read everything else. <sighs> okay. So that the headline on the ad mm. is not a headache in a gallon. <laughs> when okay. I saw that back in February, I yeah. knew I wanted to use this in the not podcast. A not not a, headache. a headache in a gallon. In a gallon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so then it's then got a a gentleman holding out his glass Mm -hmm. and he's just in silhouette with a white collar and a white shirt cuff coming out from his jacket. Okay, so a little fanciness, okay. Right, and then has a picture of the bottle with the brand name on it. Okay. And then it has its verbiage. So it says... While the law's delays will not permit an immediate answer being given to the legal question, what is whiskey? Hmm. The public are gradually but surely answering the question for themselves. 
And in that paragraph, mm-hmm. what is whiskey is enlarged and in bold and in quotation marks. Wow, they were they were not fooling around. Yeah. No messing. No messing. So then it has another paragraph. So much has been written by pot still advocates against the product of the patent still that a section of the public had almost begun to believe that some great fraud was being perpetrated of which they were the unwilling victims. Wow. (laughs) This verbiage is great. Okay. So it then continues. So this is the same paragraph. It then continues. Since the introduction of blank... And blank is gargantuan. It covers the width of the column. It is taller. It is bold. Like, when you look at this ad, mm. it's the first thing you see is the product. So, okay, okay. Since the introduction of blank, the public have been quickly undeceived. And the appreciation, I'm sorry, it's plural. And the appreciations <laughs> with which blank has been received as a self whiskey unmixed with any pot still whiskey, whatever, clearly demonstrates that the days of heavy. Oily whiskies have gone forever. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's so so there are some clues there. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me close out the paragraph. There's yep. one more sentence in yep. this paragraph. If you have not yet tried blank, do so. And you will be delighted with its peculiar delicacy and charming individual flavor. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So <clears throat> So it's not blended. There's no pot still <laughs> distillate going on there. So it's a single grain and there's all this stuff about the consumer being deceived, right? Right the the pot still producer would have the consumer believe they're being deceived by the patent still producer. There's there's just a little bit more verbiage at the bottom. It's actually in in small print, and it's not quite as easy to read here. Um, Ask your wine merchant for it. Price 42 shillings a case or three and six a bottle. Every bottle of blank is guaranteed fully matured and, and I'm trying to read the lettering here, and so have been, and, oh, and to have been in wood at least seven years. Blank is not a pot still, but a pure patent still, Scott. Grain whiskey. 
as soon as you said grain as you were reading it because there's only one grain distillery that they've ever done ads about. <laughs> and and they've 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 had a few different spellings of the distillery itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So that that's between you and me. Oh, okay. No, keep keep that in. That's oh, good. I like okay. that. The distillery that I'm thinking about, you and I have bottled at least one cask from them. The last okay. one will have been a 26-year-old from a sherry butt. In, okay. fact, in fact, we weren't the only independent bottler to bottle 25, 26-year-old from this distillery because a rake of those casks were made available okay. to bottlers. Okay. I am going to say that the distillery in question, the brand in question, the bottle in question uh-huh. is Cameron Bridge, sometimes called Cameron Brig. Sometimes one word, sometimes two words. But that was definitely a bottling of its own throughout history. It was available, then it wasn't, then it was, then it wasn't. Am I correct? I can't think of any other grain distillery that has been a brand. You know how early in the podcast you said you hate it when people are wrong? (gasps) Oh no, am I wrong? You're wrong. I'm wrong? (laughs) How am I wrong? It can't be wrong. And you know how you hate it? I love it. I'm absolutely dining out on this right now. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Put me out of my misery. What, What is it? Like, come on. There's no way I'm wrong. Am I wrong? So this is this is separate here. All right. Uh, this is this is not from the ad. Uh, this is from the interwebs. The blank distillery dates back to the early eighteen hundreds. It okay. was opened in eighteen thirty six in a village that shares its name near Alloa. Here. It quietly produced its whiskies, becoming one of the first members of the Distillers Company Limited in 1913. Oh no, sorry, that's a period. Sorry, that's a period. Uh, Becoming one of the first members of the Distillers Company Limited. In 1913, Mm -hmm. a fire destroyed much of the distillery Mm forcing it to close until 1938. So my belief then would be this ad is coming out after that 1938. Sure. Yeah. Um, let me see what I can continue here. This, this bit of information is coming from Master of Malt, just to give them credit here. Okay. Blank produced grain whiskey, a lot of which made its way into blends, though you can still find independent bottlings of their single grain if you're lucky. Parenthetical comment, it's fantastic stuff, says Master Malt. The distillery was closed in 1993 by its owner, UDV. Okay, then it's obviously not Cameron Bridge. What? 
what was closed? Because can't. Gosh <laughs> darn it. <laughs> so Cameron Bridge, Karst Bridge, Invergordon, North British. <laughs> Port Dundas, but Port Dundas was closed in 2010. Closed in 93. <laughs> uh, would that be Garden? I also, yeah. I also just did a Google search. Yeah. And we have bottled from this distillery. Okay, so it's not Garn Heath. <laughs> I, I, Strathclyde? No. Strathclyde's still I'm, around. I'm looking at when our cask was from now. Uh, our cask was September 1988. 28 years in a refill ex bourbon barrel. <sighs> Finished for six months in a first fill Muscatel Sherry Barrique. Canvas. <laughs> oh, wow. Canvas. <laughs> Oh, there that you was go. such a brilliant whiskey, too. I was so proud of that cask, Jason. Yeah. There is, there's one, I, I, as we've talked about, I used Wine Searcher. Mm-hmm. And um, one store in America is showing this canvas. The oh. Spirited Gourmet in Belmont, Massachusetts. Has at least a bottle, at least one bottle, for $160. A 28-year-old grain whiskey finished in Muscatel Sherry Break, 160 bucks. Like, boom. We bottled, we bottled it April of 2017. And I know of a distributor who still has a case in their warehouse. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. Boom. Um, I did. Wow. Um, I didn't know that canvas... Had its own bottling. Like Cameron Bridge famously had their own bottlings. Or well, now you have me questioning that. If they were <laughs> independently bottled Cameron Bridge whiskeys that had very official looking labels. Now I've got a bit of investigative work to be doing, Jason. There you go. I am my I'm doing my own investigative work right now, which is <laughs> Fucking British money before the metric system. Like, what is 42 shillings? Uh, One shilling used to be, I want to say, five pence when I was but a boy, because the five pence coin would say it on it. Um, Not that we actually used shillings when I was a boy. I see how you're looking at me. Um, And so if... If if one shilling was mm-hmm. five pence, mm-hmm. then it's it's forty two, so about two pounds. So we're looking at about two pounds for a bottle of uh, of canvas when this advert was published. How many crowns is that? Oh, that, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That's that was a case. Two pounds for the case. Two pounds for the case because yep. it was yep. four four and something for a bottle. Uh, three and six. Yeah, Th- three, three and, and six. six. I thought it was two and twenty blackbirds. <laughs> I think that's that was the price of it. It was two twenty blackbirds. 
Yeah, if you have never baked your canvas in a pie, you are missing out. <laughs> you must make sure this happens. Uh, uh, oh, that that was, was a, I thought that was a fun one from the... And so right in the middle of the page, it says, since the introduction of canvas pure patent still scotch grain whiskey. And then it goes on, the public have been quickly undeceived. And the appreciations with which canvas have has been received as a self-whiskey. I love the use of self-whiskey. Yeah. Unmixed with any pot still whiskey, whatever. What what interesting verbiage though, you, you know, that that if if you're drinking something that has been blended, then you're being deceived. Right? It was it was a shot across the bow of pot still whiskey being sold as is and being put into blends it sounds i think it's a play back on the pot still producers saying this is the one true whiskey uh, right so there was if that your back whiskey and forth. hasn't gone yeah. through the pot still the patent still again right that's just a commodity product right that's what's going into blends then canvas turn this around and say well, there's a reason you got to put your pot still with the grain whiskey. It's the grain whiskey that's making it good, right? Right, and, like and that's yes. the. But but imagine getting to the point where you say that the success of Canvas clearly demonstrates that the days of heavy oily whiskies have gone forever, mm. right? And mm-hmm. to to me, it's the same claim that was being made around the the hoped for rise of American grain whiskey in the 80s, this light whiskey, yeah, right? That's what the consumer wants. That's what the consumer's looking for. Consumer's not looking for heavy. They're not looking for oily. They're not looking for flavorful. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a nice, clean, quiet mixer. Obviously in here, Canvas are saying, we don't even need to be mixed. You can just drink Canvas straight. Yeah, yeah. You know, at least with the light whiskey, it was the highball, the ice, the mixer, yeah, the yeah. competitor to vodka. Um, here's Canvas saying, we're the light, delicate spirit that you want to drink by itself. Mm. Don't get mixed up with those heavy, oily, pot still whiskeys. It's great. Absolutely <sighs> great. I thought it was I thought it was a really fun thing to, to bring into the podcast have you do the guessing game and uh, have the listeners play along. But but also I love these little touches of history mm. when we've dipped back into the Michael Jackson from 1989, bookending today's episode with Michael Jackson references. When you go into that 1989, <laughs> you get that little bit of history. Yeah. It's not this history, right? Yeah. And I, again, I apologise, I don't know the date for this, this advert. Mm. But it's old and, and not a headache in a gallon, right? The idea that you could be drinking this <laughs> gr- good quality patent still grain whiskey, not be getting hangovers from the heavy oily stuff, right? Which wasn't what gave people headaches anyway. I always thought it was the, the sugary, the liqueurs, <laughs> the... Anyway... Not a headache in a gallon. Hashtag, please drink your gallon responsibly. Yeah, right? <laughs> if you're drinking a gallon of any alcohol, you've, you've got more problems than a headache. 
<laughs> you got 99 problems and a headache ain't one of them. Jason, I think, I think that that may be the end of this episode. I think that checks out. Now, we did get some mail come in. Uh, I wanted to let you know, we got an email in from Philippe Panavong. I'm not going to read it uh, here, but he, he gave some suggestions for our end of year Pad oh, cost. And, good, and good, I thought good. that they were good suggestions that we will incorporate into that episode. And I figured, why not read it to, in part to help launch that episode? So, yeah, excellent. Yeah. yeah I, would, um, I would also love for listeners to drop a note and just say, what was your favorite bottling of mm-hmm. 2022? Mm-hmm. See if we can get a few different names thrown around in that episode. Uh, give listeners, you know, little internal recommendations for things to go look for. Um, that doesn't have to be a single cast nation can, can be a, a shelf bought item, an official bottling from a distillery, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a distillery only offer, whatever it is, drop us a note. Um, I, I was going to tread on your toes cause I'm so used to doing it in extra extra, but mm-hmm. they could, they could email us Joshua. If, At, uh, well, if you stop talking, then I can, I can start to deliver that. You're just hey, not you, giving you me a single window. Just, just give me a date. Just give me the date, and I'll and I'll stop talking. Just give me the date. So if people want give me the email address, oh, Jason. If people want to to give us their top whiskeys or their top anything, questions at One Nation Under Whiskey. <laughs> Preferably whiskeys. Well, it could be anything, Jason. No, please, no, no, no. Just top whiskeys. And anything. Just the whiskey? All right. Uh, questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. No E in whiskey. You can also email us que- uh, info at singlecasknation.com, and, and we'll we'll get to, to either of those inboxes. If you do want to get those suggestions in, please do so before December 28th. Actually, hmm, maybe before Christmas. Let's say that. <laughs> Let's do it before Christmas time because our uh, end of year show, or our end of year episode is on December 28th. So get us your suggestions by the 25th and we'll do our best to include them into the episode. And now officially, oh, geez, it's still not come to a close. You normally do your, your round of thanks yeah, or, that's true. Right, and you, and you haven't done one. Yeah, I was going to get to that. <laughs> I've said it you twice. <laughs> There's Whoa. no round of thanks. Just because I'm a Jew uh, doesn't mean. Just, so listen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sincere thanks to to Jess, to our very own Jess Lomas, to Mariella Romano. Uh, of course, to, to all our friends at, at, at uh, Aaron Distillers. Indeed. Um, Indeed. To you, Jason, to our listeners. And uh, you know what? We don't say this enough, but they've always been such a great help to us. Uh, our, our friends at Impacts who help us get our bottlings out there onto store shelves. And always who, appreciate who it. really walk the hard miles to, to help us. Get, get our brand known. So special thanks to them as well. Yep. 
And uh, and now can I say adieu? You may. Adieu. Goodbye, Jason. I've already gone. <laughs> well, I'm going I'm to toast to you. Cheers. Clang, clang, clang goes the trolley.